day. Good day, and welcome to another Forgeside Chat, a podcast about blacksmithing, bladesmithing, and everything in between, with a heavy focus on talent in the Great White North. We're talking about Canada, eh? And this week we've got Jaco van der Bruenhorst on FSC. He's from Langston. Oh. Langton, Ontario. He specializes in high-end custom knives, utilizing Damascus that he makes himself, as well as using exotic handle materials such as mammoth molar, ivory, and all sorts of stuff. So looking forward to digging into that topic because I think we've all got a little bit to learn from Yako. So this is great. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Yako. <laughs> How you doing, bud? Uh, Good. Doing- Pretty well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You, Lyndon? Oh, you know, I'm all right. Doing Hanging all right. in? Yeah. You got, you've got a fun weekend coming up. Yeah, it should be all right. My 40th birthday on uh, Monday, so celebrating it with some friends and yeah, going to try snowboarding and hopefully not hurt myself because my neck and my back have been bugging the heck out of me for the last like couple weeks here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was so. watching you lifting up the, uh, the new, is it Kanko vice? Kanka. Kanka. Yeah. So you're manhandling these Kanka vices off the top shelf. And I'm like, Oh, you're walking crooked dude. And you're, yeah. Mm. But yeah, that's me, man. That's yeah. you just bull. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was his name? Um, uh brendan he came by there yeah elliot knives yeah and yeah. uh yeah he wanted to buy my old leg vice off me and i had built this really nice leg leg vice stand for it and i didn't really want to part with the leg vice stand but it was custom to the leg vice itself the kanka vice doesn't really fit on it anyways oh, and i'm just okay. like uh you Fine. know what man go ahead so 200 bucks total, which is a steal of a deal to get a leg vice with it off uh, with stand the stand with yeah that's dude yeah, I know. I pretty much gave it away. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you traded a Kanka for your older leg vice. Yeah, Princess Auto hooked me up because I uh, I know the right people to talk to, so mm. I got, a, got myself a deal. You just wink at the tellers? No. Well, remember we had the hookup through uh, Princess Auto for ca- Canarin. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, like you got you got a deal because of that? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. you. Pull your weight, man. Utilize nice. the right things. Say the nice. right things for I, right I need people. to go in there and like, I am here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't you don't do it like that. Dude. You don't do it like that. Okay. No. The approach is important. <laughs> man, when I was building my two by seventy-two, I was going to uh, Princess Auto like every other day. And I was in the one in Transcona and there was this guy who was talking to himself and I was like, what is that guy saying? Like he, he was a little strange or whatever. And uh, I, I walked next to him and he's like, no, no, I'm not here all the time. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, this guy is reading my mind. <laughs> 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 so oh funny that was too good yeah yeah that um, wasn't even a dad joke that was for real <laughs> it was for real <laughs> working on anything in the shop 
Uh, or just shoveling snow. <laughs> pretty much shoveling yeah. I don't know. Yeah, man. My tractor's kind of, I don't know. Something's going up with it. It's making a little bit of, uh, I saw a little bit of oil leaking from it. And it's like, oh, mm. what the heck? What's going on? I just got this thing. I got to check it out now and see what's going on. But yeah, yeah so more more stuff to do, of course. Dang. How it goes. Taking you away. I, I did see that you posted some of your flowers like metal flowers and vines and stuff things i made quite a while ago actually that i was just like i gotta post something dude (laughs) yeah yeah but they're nice i like the i i don't think i'd seen those but they're uh, lovely they're lovely well muchos gracias senor yeah so what you been up to dude what's Uh, going on in your shop Busy week. Last week I had uh, Grace and Fair cut me those knives. Um, they're just like my little hiking knives. And this week I, uh, excuse me, I heat treated them. So I got those knives from Grayson and heat treated them. Um, I also got some stickers in the mail. I'd been waiting quite a while for those. I want to do uh, a waffle. Like uh, some of those other guys are doing. Oh, you're but, jumping on the train, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a couple knives kicking around, and and they they need to go. It's time that they move. But I, I like the idea of providing whoever's buying in to like send them a sticker or whatever. And I think that's a good idea. So, oh, that's a I sweet wanna, idea. For I sure. want to go that route as well. I bought into Ryan's today, actually. Oh, good. Yeah, I I got into Ryan's and uh, Brian Cohen's too. So I was thinking I should yeah. do Brian as well. I've, yeah, I've like, done pickle before. I try to, you know, I'll do it once, maybe every once in a while type thing. Yeah. But well, I, I I figure also as a learning for myself, I'm like, oh yeah, how does this work? Oh yeah, I'll give him the twenty bucks and see oh, what yeah. happens. Smart man, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Learn from um, the masters. So I got stickers in. I also got a book in. Last week or the week before on Knife Talk, they were talking about a book by Tim Hayward called Knife. I checked it out on Amazon. I was like, yeah, that looks pretty good and ordered that. And that led me to making a couple kind of Japanese style Usuba knives or Usuba. Um, One out of 1084, one out of W2. And looking at the pictures in the book, I was like, man, I need to try like engraving the knives uh, with a maker's mark instead of just electro etch. Oh. So down down the YouTube rabbit hole, which led me to Sam Town's one hour video on how to make and sharpen um, these, uh, what are they called? They're called gravers for engraving. Cold and chiseling. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, I guess it's cold chisel, but like the the... The angles required on these gravers are, well, are kind of specific. Using the uh, the disc grinder was awesome because he was recommending using like stones to to sharpen them and stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. That I did that the first time, and then I broke the tip off, and I was like, well, screw that. I'm not doing that again. I want something quick to fix this. So off I went to the to the the disc grinder and. That that did super quick work of it, mm. and uh, that's a learning process. But it's a uh, it's a neat little project. Something some something to do. Something to like soak a day. <laughs> it's like oh my god, what did I do today? Oh, I I leveled up. I guess I skilled up. Um, Ooh, that's yeah. a good way of looking at it. Leveling up. Yeah, for sure, man. It's a new skill. What level um, do you think you're at at this point? 
Oh man, I I look at how many levels are above me, <laughs> and I go, well, okay, I'm pretty low still on the. Doesn't on even the, matter where you're at, yeah. Yeah, it, it's continuous, right? There's yeah, endless rabbit that. holes, um, especially someone, when you got guys like Yako. Oh, truly, truly, oh, geez, right? Yeah, yeah. How you been, Yako? Absolutely fantastic. Awesome, right on, dude. How how about yourself? Any projects on the bench this week or something you're looking to finish? Yeah, I got this uh, exhibition coming up and it's uh, it's supposed to feature a Roman Gladius and supposed to kind of model a uh, a specific historical piece. So I'm working on that. So a lot of mess ups, a lot of heartbreaks, but... You know, slowly but surely, you still feel the incline. <laughs> are you getting better? Are you leveling up as well? Oh yeah, yeah. Every day, I I feel like every time you're you're struggling, and you're having to push yourself to learn, and it's slow. That's like that's that's yourself leveling up. You're you're gaining and growing these skills. That on the second run, it's a little bit better, a little bit quicker, and. Mm-hmm. That yeah. n- n- no pain, no gain motto comes into play there, eh? Yeah, no kidding. It's very no kidding. true. Yeah. I had to th- toss out my first blade, which oh, took shoot. me many, many hours of work. And uh, Is the- it a Damascus blade that you're yeah. making? Oh, it cool. is, eh? Wow. Is that a traditional Roman? Only, yeah, r- the Roman times, they had a lot of actually very intricate mosaic patterns. Oh, nice. So I'm just basing this one off of the historical piece. I haven't been posting about it at all. Um, but uh, once it's up, once I'm finished, it's going to get a crocodile sheath. It's kind of based around uh, the myths around the Nile and uh, pyramids and that kind of stuff. You know, when the Roman conquest went through uh, Egypt. And so that's kind Dude, that's of pretty the cool, man. style that's going. So. <laughs> did, you hear, did you hear that? He's not. He hasn't posted anything about it. That means if you're listening listening to Fortside Chat, you're getting the DL on what's going on in the knife world. You heard it here first. <laughs> and when you do post it, Yako, where do you post it? Like, do you have a Instagram or a Facebook page? Yeah, I generally post to my both my Instagram and Facebook. That's at JVB Knives Canada. JVB are my initials, Yako van der Breinhorst. So that's where I would, that's where you'll see it. You'll see it posted up there. Lots awesome. of magic on that uh, Instagram page, man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So when you were designing this knife, what kind of reference material did you use? Did you find any like any websites or books that were especially handy or yeah i have a few books but uh, you know especially a lot of historical documents most mm-hmm. of these swords so gladius is kind of like a short sword it's got a blade about 20 inches long okay it's got somewhat of an hourglass figure if it were as it were in the blade almost like a recurve on both sides of the blade and then it falls into a spear point okay Nice. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of historical uh, dimensions, weights, uh, lengths, widths, etc. Online materials. What kind of right. weight are you trying to fall into there? Uh, on the blade, I'm 
Well, my first one, right before I ground through the fuller, uh, I oh. was right. Yeah, it's the worst. I was at one point one pound two ounces. Oh wow! Wow. So, and I was uh, that was actually a twenty-four inch blade, um, but uh, I got kind of carried away with forging. Didn't really want to cut off the last four inches, but then good thing that this happened because it makes me fall back in line and make it historically accurate again <laughs> you get kind of cheap after a while when you're only paying bills and there's no income <laughs> no for sure well here's something else i want to know the one that you ground through the faller did you split it into two other knives after that uh no no i tossed it pretty far into the snow so we'll find <laughs> it in the springtime sometime <laughs> It it should have a rich patina on it by then. That's right. (laughs) The farmer's going to dig it up out of the field and say, hey, there was wrong conquest here. No way. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So what kind of Damascus pattern did you have going on in that? That is yet to be revealed. Oh, there we go. So some secrets aren't being revealed. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Nice. And what is this show? Is it is it it's not just you who's no, doing the um, sex along, along with a hundred other artists. Okay. Uh, it's like a sort of like a competition, but not really. Ex- exhibition is what it is. Mm. So mm-hmm. um, and people actually uh, the public can actually if they wanted to put in offers and bids on certain pieces. Oh, uh, so you could potentially sell your piece if you wanted to right out of the exhibition. Hmm. That's a cool but, format. I like it. Mm-hmm. But more on that later. I can't talk too much about it yet. So, Well, I think people should start <laughs> saving their, their money. Yeah. That's <laughs> Put those monies away, guys. Oh, you've been at the Damascus game for quite a while now. Um, I mean, like... What have me and you've been kind of buddies now since what three almost four years back, I'd say? At least. I think yeah. when when did I build my first forge? 2017, I believe. So that's five years. Five years. You ago, helped wow. me you walked me through the steps of building the burner and getting the fire brick and stuff in order. So No way. I tried to help. That's cool. <laughs> Obviously helped yeah. him somewhat because he he's looking where he is now, right? Absolutely, because I Man. started with coal. Yeah, I was gonna say you were blacksmithing for quite some time before Lyndon. Yeah, since got I was involved. about twelve. So. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you're actually not from Manitoba, actually, aren't you? Born and raised. No, I was. Or no, born, you, well, you're born, born in, in Netherlands. Netherlands. And then uh, when I was one and a half, my parents and us we immigrated to. Ontario, or not Ontario, to Manitoba, and we lived there for nine years uh, before moving to Ontario. And you were where in Manitoba? Winkler. Winkler. Just south, uh, southeast of Winkler. Okay. You said, piss on that. Let's go to Ontario. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you come from uh, a, a line of blacksmiths as well, don't you? Your family was blacksmiths in the Netherlands? Yeah, so my parents, they owned a blacksmith shop, and they made hundreds and hundreds of gates and 
you know, just kilometers of uh, ornamental fencing, just the two of them. Um, and they did that for a number of years before uh, before we immigrated. Um, but before that, yeah, I guess our family actually kind of comes from royalty in a way. There's a big castle in the Netherlands. That's the Brynhorst Castle. Oh, There's really, a dude. great, great big gate in front of it and big fences around it, all ornamental forged from the 17th, uh, 17th century. Cool. Right. That's cool. And then you're in Ontario now. You've moved into your own place. You've been building up your own shop over the last few years. You got yourself some pretty sweet tools going on in your shop. I've <laughs> oh, 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 I've seen I've seen some beautiful tool tool. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> tell me about uh, can you <clears throat> can you can you tell me about your tools, Yako? I want to know about your tools. <laughs> okay, well, oh, I have uh, I have the two basic tools and a bunch of little extra tools. And my two basic tools are my power hammer and my grinder. What kind of and grinder do you got? And what kind of power hammer a, do you got? I have a Runfa power hammer. It's a 90-pound ram, 40-kilo ram, just Runfa? higher than 90 pounds. Runfa. All right. Awesome power hammer. They're made to run 24 hours a day. I said, you know what? That's that's what I want. I want reliability. Mm-hmm. Big cast iron hammer, cast iron base. It's all one piece, so it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And all the valves, everything can be repaired and fixed if needed, so it's perfect. And that's uh, you, Eric. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the sticker that you have for JVB knives features a power hammer. Is that the power hammer that is on there? The exact one, yeah. Okay. Cool. So it took me way too long to make that graphic. Oh, it's so <laughs> nice, though. That's a sweet graphic, dude. Yeah, well done. Thank you. So I got a bunch. Do you of still have made. stickers available? Yeah, yeah. Though I lost the template, so whatever oh, no. I have now is. Uh, so I'm gonna see. I'm gonna reach out to uh, Sticker App, who I got right. the stickers from, and see if they still have the the the, the file on hand. And they if should. I could re, if yeah, I could just reorder, reorder. Them. yeah, because, yeah, you uh, should be able to see past invoices and yeah, and, and just oh, re- good. reorder, yeah, yeah. Should. I think I've been giving uh, one of those stickers and one with just my logo on it to each customer who's bought an, uh, a knife, nice over the last uh, number of months. So yeah, I'm almost through all my stickers already. So wow, crazy. Yeah, you go through knives like crazy, dude, man. I don't know how, like, you're seriously a machine, dude. How many knives do you figure you make a day oh, on, on well, average? So uh, let's let's zoom out a second because uh, I take a little different approach than a lot of people. So I make a, a, quite a range of knives. So I make, like, expensive, very fancy knives. And then I make, you know, not le- less expensive, little less fancy knives. So then I basically have all the customers can come, any kind of person can come to my website and buy something and not feel like they're, you know, excluded out of the market as it were. Right. Yeah. So I have knives priced in the 300, $400 range. I have knives in, you know, 1500 and above. Wow. Crazy. So. Mm-hmm. Dude. Well, well I'd done. imagine a, a awesome. three or $400 knife 
takes a lot less time than <laughs> the three thousand dollar knife. So yeah, absolutely. So or, like if I or were is to it make materials, like I could make between I don't. If I was to say I'd make a simpler knife with with the sheath because I have to do all my leather work as well. Uh, I could probably do about ten knives a week, ten simpler knives a week, easily. That's oh, uh, that's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, pretty easily. So, uh, but then then again, if I'm doing like a fancy knife, you know, sometimes I spend a week or two or three weeks even on a knife. So, yeah. and it's good to keep that balance for sure. You know, yeah. then I'm not really working on not responding to people's emails and questions and such. I'm just doing my own mm-hmm. thing. So that's cool, dude. So I think good, bit, good business model, man. I think, mm. I don't know. Find a good Learned balance in your work. That, I think. Yeah, for sure. So I, I totally sidetracked us, man. We were talking about your power. Oh, your power. You tell me about your, your, how it rams and it, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Linda, tell me about you your power, power hammer. hammer. Oh God. I'm building, uh, I've got two tire hammers that I'm in the midst of building right now. I, it has to wait till it's warm out again because I've got them sitting in the overhang out in the back of the shop and it's, you know, filled with snow and whatnot back there. So mm. yeah, uh, getting around to there is not really accessible right now. And I don't even have power run out to there at all. So I got to wait till summertime to do a crap ton of work, like put a door through the garage into the overhang and stuff like that. Mm. So but yeah, all in due time. Anyways, your power, your power hammer though, not my power hammer, your power hammer. Yeah, where did so my, you, how did you get it? Like, where'd you find my it? My power hammer is from, uh, uh, I mean, it's a Chinese hammer. It's very similar to the Anyang hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one or one of the few differences is uh, the die actually disappears into the cylinder housing. Okay. And oh, uh, instead of sticking out between, so whatever you can fit between your your you know the top of your cylinder housing and and the 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 bottom die is that's what you can forge. So I got probably about fourteen inches between. So if okay. I want to, I could forge something at at fourteen inches high. So it's pretty good. Um, it's a self-contained really hammer, so meaning it's basically a plug and play. Uh, takes 220 volts, five horsepower motor, and the motor pumps a cylinder, which is, I guess, has a perfect ratio to the amount of space that's in the, the, uh, what would you call it? Where, where the hammer ram sits in, what would you call that? Like the housing? Uh, I guess yeah, so. sure. Yeah. Ha- ram, ram housing, housing. yeah. There you, there you go. go, yeah. So uh, basically, as you push down on the pedal, you're letting more air into the top of the cylinder, pushing the hammer down. But also on the backstroke of the cylinder, it lets ha- uh, air out of the hammer. So it's got yeah. it works really, really. You have perfect control. You can tap stuff. You can literally tap an egg without cracking it. And you can hit the egg. Wow. It's, that's that's how perfect it, it you can hit that's it, and you know you can smash stuff like you wouldn't believe it. And what's the uh, ram weight on that hammer? Forty kilo. Forty kilo. So I that's think you said uh, that actually about yeah, ninety yeah. pounds. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Cool. It hits and, a lot harder than my ninety pound tire hammer. Yeah, say, that's what I've heard about the pneumatic hammers. Is they have a they hit in a different way too. Is what it is. Mm. There's no like, give. 
compared to the tire hammer. The tire hammer is a little bit of give because of the spring. The spring, exactly the, right. The pneumatic hammer doesn't have any give. So if you were going to forge the the, the tip of something, then you, uh, uh, let's say a tip of a knife, you have this staircase effect. Whereas on the right. tire hammer, it would basically just blend that in into a nice smooth you know, tip. Yeah, I mainly That's what she said. <laughs> I mainly plan on yeah, go was smiling. He was waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, jeez, take so off. Sorry, eh? no, take had off. to make it weird again. Like that, eh? Hey, so today's today's topic is uh, you know talking about what she said, eh, and. Uh, the other day when I was at the supermarket, I was picking up the melons and I said, wow, these are some nice melons. And she just looked at me. That's not what she said, eh? <laughs> she was a little upset. I don't know. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> hey, can I tell you a story about something, actually? Yeah, go for it. Mm. So I'm, I'm hanging out with my cousin, and he wants to race me to the back back shop. And I'm like, he's he's a bit of a bigger dude, eh? Like a, a little bit bigger, you could say. Okay. And I'm like, okay, sure. Take off, eh? <laughs> what was this about? He Let's wanted go. to race or yeah. you wanted to race? He wanted to race. I'm like, okay. okay. Fine. Let's go. So we start giving her and he beats me. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just getting old or something. He's like, no, I'm a barber. I know all the shortcuts. (laughs) (laughs) We've reached a new low, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think it was possible. (laughs) But we did it. We did it. So the next thing is, on your tool list, the belt sanded, right? Yeah. That's your next big tool in your shop, you'd say? That's my belt grinder. Yeah. What kind and of belt grinder do you got? I have an RDG belt grinder. Okay. Where do you get that from? heavy. It's like 150 pounds. Okay. Um, and I, uh, so like uh, the, the man who built it, I have a real close relationship with him. And he's an old man. He's just about to turn 70 now. Retired oh. millwright. Everything is so, so perfect on the machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's working on, because uh, I, I have a surface grinder as well, big surface grinder, and uh, oh. converting it, <laughs> I'm converting it to take belts instead of uh, instead of use stones. So it's, okay. it's going to use a, a two-wheel system and uh, going to use two that? by 72 belts. Pardon? Why is that? Uh, partly because... Oh, a number of things. So I buy tons and tons of belts anyway. I buy belts right. from Maritime Knife Supply. Wink, wink. Hold up. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Who are we talking about again? MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca, baby, where you can get all your knife-making supplies, including 2x72 belts. Buy all your 2x72 belts. And if you buy them at 10-pack, you get... What is it? Ten percent off, right, Justin? Yep. So it you gets you an extra belt. Yeah. 
Is that what it is? You pay for nine and you get 10, right? Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. What else do you get? I don't know. I just uh, go in there and go click, 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 click. And then my wife goes, you need to stop spending money. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, I just got a package of, uh, of, uh, Norton blaze belts, 36. Oh yeah. And that just came today in the mail. Those are the orange ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're top. I like them above even the uh, VSM. uh, Mm -hmm. What's what's the blue belt? Arcturox. Yeah. I don't like them. I don't like the 3M Cubitron. Uh, Compared to the Norton Blaze, when it comes to dollars versus time saved... And even time that they last on the grinder, they mm-hmm. out, they outrank every other belt. Nice. Wow. That I've tried. So, what do you and, do? You do any sort of belt conditioning? No, or nothing. Belt, belt prep, nothing, eh? You don't, do you uh, put any wax or anything? No, not on so, ceramics. No, eh? No, I I, no. I don't know this stuff, dude. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, not in the belt game yet. Yeah. When my when my belt is feeling kind of dull. Let's say I've ground maybe a half a dozen blades or so. Then I'll flip the belt over and I'll grind at least two or three more blades out of it without problem. So, like going, spinning the other direction. Oh, nice. Yeah, just flip the belt around, yeah. Yes. Okay, so I like I, I shouldn't say I'm not in the belt game because I've got the 6x48 and I've got right. Northern Blaze belts for that. So I'm sure I can do the same thing on the 6x48. Mm. <laughs> Keep in mind, though, uh, ceramic belts, they like to have speed. So if right. your 2x48 is – or 2x36? No, no. 6x48. Six, six six by by 48. 48. Sorry. Yeah. If your 6x48 is running, you know, around uh, – uh, It's running at that th- – what is it, 3400? 3400 RPM? Yeah, yeah. so – that's got to go quick. Yeah, it's pretty nice. The guy I bought it off of, I got it for 50 bucks, dude. The guy oh, I bought wow. it off of threw a fucking uh, one and a half horsepower motor on it. Mm. It's like, it's a beast and it runs on 220. It's gnarly, perfect. dude. Super. Yeah, man. So it's perfect. And, and if you find your, your ceramic belts are getting dull, uh, like, you, like I said, you can flip them around or add more pressure. Because yeah. pressure against the belts and speed, they keep your belts sharp, your ceramic belts. Yeah, because as, as you're pushing into it, you're you're pulling away some of the, the I guess, the adhesive that hangs onto the ceramic, so it exposes yeah. more ceramic grit. Yeah, and also you remove any of the burnished, uh, burnished, I guess, ceramics, as it were, yeah. that are not cutting anymore because they're kind of burnished or polished over Mm-hmm. Right, you got to break them off. So that's yeah. And, I've heard that okay. somebody told me something about using either a piece of stainless steel or something like that, and it kind of gives your belt a little bit more life. You ever tried anything like that? Or when people say that you use stainless, it's uh, yeah. so most of us who are most knife makers, they we do all the grinding after heat treatment. So uh, the reason they use a stainless is it's generally, if it's, especially if it's a 300 series stainless, it's a little harder than your yeah, typical yeah. either 400 series stainless or your or your uh, you know mild steels. So 
it, that's what's breaking the fibers because okay. most of us are, are using a ready hardened steel. So it's 58 to you know, 60 or even above Rockwell. Science. Mm-hmm. all right so why are you going from stones to belts just for accessibility to use belts or is there too much wear with the stones or uh stones are expensive they're incredibly expensive they need to have constant dressing uh so you know dressing tool is not cheap uh those are two of the reasons another reason is uh in order to get a real nice finish, because I'm not running my, I will not be running my uh, surface grinder full time. I can't mm-hmm. really afford to get four stones, four different uh, grit stones, you know, right. finishing stone and several, you know, cutting stones. So uh, it would be more affordable in the long run to run belts. And let's say if you needed to hog off a certain amount of like a bunch of steel, you slap on a new 36 grit belt and you got down to wherever you'd like to be. And then you put on a 240 grit or a 400 grit belt and that mm-hmm. just cleans it right up. And you know, belts are belts are fairly cheap. So right. yeah. it sounds like a pretty smart idea to me. If like just the speed of being able to change like wheels, like belt change can't be like, and you got to be so careful with them. You drop oh. it and it's done. Yeah. You don't want to so put that on. It makes sense to me, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. dude grinding wheels are a scary thing dude like if mm-hmm. one ever explodes on you holy shite that's that's heebie jeebies that's scary buddy man like oh boy i don't know holy I've smokes had it twice, that's somewhere i want to be i'll tell you oh that really much. Yeah? oh and twice. everybody was okay yeah yeah i had to pick stones out of my hands for <laughs> half an hour after oh. like a, like stone shrapnel as it were yeah, rock pieces. So. <laughs> pain Damn, in the yeah. butt, pain in the hand more. But uh, it tell was, me more uh, about. Tell me more about the butt there, Justin. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. So Justin came over. He came over the other day there, and I offered him a cookie that my mom had made. I or some cookies. Like, I was like, "Hey, man, you want to try some of these cookies? They're amazing." They're, they're peanut butter cookies with these giant chocolate chips in them. They're so good, dude. And he's like, I can't, man. I've got an allergy to, to nuts. And I was like, oh, no, dude. Okay, you can't have one then. And he's like, well, okay, I'll have I was like, no way, dude. You got an allergy to nuts. You're going to die. He's like, no, it's not like that. I just – Yeah. Yeah. It used to be on my arms and stuff. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. Now it's – now it's on my butt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Oh dear. Too much information for Lyndon. For sure. I love you. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. I had to, man. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. It's okay. Yeah, I, I try to stay away from nuts and uh, hops. Hops. Hops, hops will do it too, eh? too. Yeah. Oh, shit. So I could only have like... Half a cook. I was fine. There was no issues. Um, and raw eggs too. And mm. I, I've been eating this potato salad this week, and I'm like, why am I breaking out this week? I can't figure it out. Hmm. The the mayo in the uh, potato salad. No oh, crazy. Figured it out. My wife found out that she's got an allergy to lemon or citrus. Essentially, anything citrus. Yeah, makes her just like 
go poof and sweat. Her face goes beet oh, red. Crazy. Like mm. her whole temperature. And it's ever since uh, she had, had we had the kid. Yeah. Yeah, just mm-hmm. threw her horm- hormones off, I guess, or whatever. And now she's like, yeah, got this. Having got a this. baby. Crazy. It sucks because, oh, well, having a baby was good, but the allergy <laughs> part sucks because now her favorite drink of choice was vodka lemon. Oh, like yeah. she would literally, literally take a glass of vodka and just squeeze a shit ton of lemons in it. And that was yeah. her drink. Uh, <laughs> terrible. And now she can't drink it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, hey, man, it saved her from being an alky like me, right? <laughs> no, you're taking it easy now. I I'm, took a month off and now you're taking it easy. I, I know how to control myself at this point, man, pretty much. But at the same time, I still love my pretty beer. Much. Cold Not beer. this weekend, though, I'd imagine. Uh, this weekend? Oh, fuck yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, dude, this weekend's going to be a freaking ringer. <laughs> nice. we're gonna, yeah, we're going we're gonna to show, show them... Uh, so much, so much up and Russell, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I gotta bring uh, the person that I booked the room through. I think I might bring him a little like gift of something, like I don't know, like maybe a little wall hook leaf or something like that, because they were like super awesome about booking me the room. I was like, oh yeah, it's my fortieth birthday. What? Yeah. Can you like, can you hook me up like a little bit of a discount? And they're like, well. Nah, 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 and they came back and they're like, you've got CAA, right? And I was like, yeah, totally. I <laughs> totally have CAA. And she's like, gotcha, a discount then. Nice. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Classic. I actually do have CAA, so it works out anyways. But What so, is yeah. CAA? <laughs> CAA is like a Canadian Auto Association. And uh, it's something that you can sign up for a membership for, and you get roadside right. assistance through them. You get a bunch right. of diff- different different discounts. Yeah, you can get insurance through them. You can rent cars through them. They do. They have a ton of awesomes. And, and we're I'm the, not not a sponsor. Speaking about a sponsor, though, if you want to get yourself a hundred dollars off of a Paragon or an Even Heat Kiln, you can head over to Maritime Knife Supply and use the code Justin. FSC kiln. You put that into the uh, coupon code box and you'll save yourself a hundred bucks, hundred bucks. And you know what else is new? It's that Lawrence is selling coffee now too. So you could just get your steel and order your coffee. Oh yeah, baby. Get yourself some. Yeah. yeah. What do you have a, I'm sure you do. Yako. I have a Paragon. Paragon, nice. Which Paragon, Paragon do you have? Oh, I got Morgan Cone's old Paragon kiln. Oh, crazy. That's cool. Is he near you? Uh, Yeah, six hours drive at least. Okay. okay. Nearer you guys... than you guys are. So. Well, there's that for sure. <laughs> but uh, he upgraded to a, a bigger kiln because he's putting out some of these big, big, big blades. Yeah. I just saw him. Blades. How about a shout out you, to Morgan Cones? He just put out that gnarly Bowie recently, right? Is that what you call it, or is it a buoy? Buoy. I believe it's a buoy knife. Yeah, Bowie. 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 It's a Bowie. Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> It'll piss off someone. <laughs> but yeah, man, he's doing some sweet work. He, I, that wasn't necessary. That's not my shout out. I've got a shout out I want to give. But anyways, his fullers, a little extra one are. Top notch, so crisp, mm-hmm. so yeah, clean. It, like, it looks like 
done by like it was like done by a CNC or something, eh? Mm. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I love his stuff. And he's got a great little shop. Do you have a shout out? Do you want a shout out? Me? At all? Yeah. Do you you have somebody that you want to? Sure. Uh, Take take your turns. I don't know. Pick somebody. Pick pick it. Go, 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 go. go. I got one. Uh, Chris Hamelin out of Godrich, Ontario. He was going to set up the uh, Great Lakes Custom Knife Show. Oh, yeah. Two years back. Or he set that up and he had to cancel that. Um, He's a good guy. We've talked. I've known him for probably six or seven years now. And he works very closely with Wolfgang Luchner, the great folder maker. Mm. Hmm. Gnarly. Wolfgang is a Canadian or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's German Canadian. I haven't heard of either. Crazy. <laughs> cool. Yeah. He, he's not a big social media guy. So that's probably why you don't hear him. But he makes. He makes his Some knives are best. real and at you know thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. So. That's bonkers. That's I wonder insane. like I think of like everyone who's on social media and there's a whole there's so many people that aren't or aren't publishing like that type of work. I wonder mm-hmm. what like the ratio is of like is it fifty percent of them are on social media and fifty percent are not? Or some of the best definitely don't hit up social media, dude. Mm-hmm. Like they don't literally, that yeah, that's the yeah. thing. They don't need to. They don't even want to. Yeah. Well, I, don't I guess blame them. Pr- prior to it to social media, if you were established and made the, well, just like Chris Spielak was saying a couple weeks back, he was like, I don't really deal with it because. I made all those connections ahead of social media and I'm still getting those references because of past history. So yeah, the power of connections. It's not who you or what, you know, it's who, you know, well, it's a little, it's a combination, honestly, but yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, so shout out Justin. Yeah. I've got some shout outs, man. Some. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to do the stickers cause um, we got some we sell stickers more? sales this week. Yeah. yeah! So now, not only these people, but maybe they're going to actually reach out to JVB Knives and ask for that really cool sticker. But Forgesight Chat has their stickers too. They're available on rainydayforge.ca. And uh, you don't have to go to the bottom. (laughs) I discovered this on my website. It's just in the catalog. And uh, yeah, there you go. It's there on top. That's how I find it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's like. There it is. A, yeah, so we actually sent some stickers out to Australia. What? I had to buy a stamp for international shipping. Yeah. So and? Okay. we sent some out to Nathan <laughs> Butcher. Yeah, it cost, I think it was $3 as opposed to like oh, a dollar not- in Canada. It's like a buck 50 in the States. And I, I think it was like three and a quarter to oh, Australia. So Nathan dude, Butcher, we, thank you for your order. We They're just paid their way. you for that sticker. <laughs> That's bit, What's that? We just paid him for that sticker. Well, well he, we, we he, paid. No, he messaged me ahead of time. He's like, yo, like I see there's no shipping on this. So he was like totally stand up with it. He's like, I know if I order one, you're, you're going to lose money. So how do you want me to like PayPal you some extra cash? And I was like, no, just like order more than one sticker and that's cool. So 
he placed order an order. Two and I'll send one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I sent them. Did you, I, did you I throw him some many. rainy day forge stickers in there too? Oh, of course. Of course. course. There you go. And, yeah. the, and did, what, what's the, the special note you sent him? Oh, I don't know. You don't remember. I, I usually, I try to write a, I sometimes write a post-it just to say thanks. And sometimes I put like a little cardboard cutout that I draw out. Just, say, I don't know. Or take coffee or. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, hoser. Yeah, hoser. I think it might've been take off. Nice. Make sure you write upside down for them because they're below the equator. Shit. <laughs> 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 I have to send another one back. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan. If you can't read it, go to a mirror and <laughs> look, at the look at the reflection. Everything's upside down in Australia. <laughs> uh, other sticker went out to Miles Volman. So thank you very much, Miles. Your stickers are on their way too. Yeah, he and follows me. So <laughs> nice. Right. Yeah, I don't know him. I so know the, the name. Like I see these names, and they pop up, and I, like I want to so much remember everyone that connects and stuff. It's just so difficult. Um, I don't have the the memory for it. So mm. if you do eventually meet up with me and just just tell me you bought stickers or whatever or not, or <laughs> tell me who you are, I'll shake your hand. Um, other shout out was to Rachel Bonnet. So Rachel Bonnet was Aww. on episode 17 and this week she happened to be live on TikTok. I chatted with her just through the, the chat and she just like, oh, she raved about how great the podcast was and invited everyone to go over to FSC on, on Instagram and follow us. And it was just, uh, nice, nice to hear. Really nice to hear actually. So, and, uh, I think she's working towards getting, getting a new shop right now. She's, uh, she's prepping up to, to move and expand, which is great to hear. Very yeah, no hear. kidding, eh? Yeah, when yeah. we were talking to her, we were actually kind of giving her the gears about, dude, your shop size is like, what do you, you got to wrap that shit up, girl. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, what she's especially doing. Especially with what she does yeah. too, eh? Yeah, and she was trying, I saw her, she was on Instagram Live today, and uh, she was pitching her, I think she has toques and hats and shirts. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'll just to buy, her, I want to buy one to support her for sure. Country custom fab. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Those are Oof. those are my shout outs. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. It's uh it, it it's just awesome to to know that it's not just numbers out there. We see like how many people have listened to an episode, but to put a, a name to one of those numbers is pretty awesome. So thank you very much. <laughs> Mr. Novak. Yes, sir. What's your you got a shout out? Uh, I got a couple as well, if you don't mind. Might as well, right? We'll we'll start Do off it. with somebody that doesn't need another follow at this point in his life. He's doing absolutely amazing on Instagram and whatnot and so, social media. Um, Night Turtle Knives, mm-hmm. dude! Wow, this guy is just absolutely mind-boggling the work he does to me is just amazing to me it is like it touches me in the right way his style is if i was to make knives i'd I'd follow what he does it's it's 
rad. I mean, a mixture of what he does and what some of the fine knife stuff that like Yako puts out, dude, if mm-hmm. you can mix the two together, holy smokes. Oh my gosh. You would be like, you'd be touching me in all the right ways, stroking me in all the right ways. Sorry. Um, what was his name? That's Night Turtle Knives. Hmm. My other shout out, this guy deserves some follows. Zach underscore AZ Bell. Um, he's kind of new. He doesn't have a lot of followers. He's got 350 followers right now. It's Zach Z-A-C underscore A-Z-B-I-L-L. It might be Z. If you're, I don't know, how do you say Z? Is a Z or Z? <laughs> Z. Every country in the world is Z except America. Yeah, well, I don't know. Really, eh? Interesting. So but, this, but if I said Zach. Z, Z itself is a name, right? <laughs> yeah, Zach. Yes, he's he he's been like constantly hitting me up like every post i make he's liking it every reel i do he's liking it he's commenting on everything i do he's been in my he hit me up in my lives he's like hey what's up dude how you doing and i was like yes up brother He's he's a good jet good chap and uh he makes some cool stuff he's doing knives he's a chef he, he's, he, he, you know, that's the thing. If you've been a chef or you are a chef and you get into the knife game, you kind it's kind of like me as a welder getting into the blacksmithing game. You just, you have an advantage, mm-hmm. like a huge advantage. So yeah, that's my shout out for this week. Props to All you, right. dude. Good, good. Zach. I don't even know where he's from, to be honest. Like I was like trying Midwest. to check it. Oh, you checked him out already? I did. Yeah. Midwest. Oh, man. Could be just south of us. He might be like right below us, eh? He might even talk like us a little bit. There's a good chance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want to bring it back way back. So, Yako, you said you were blacksmithing at an age of 12 years old? 13. Was it 12? 12, yeah. Fuck. What got you into blacksmithing at such a young age? Uh, when work didn't tire me out anymore, you just needed to find harder work. <laughs> where where were really you long. living? Were you in Gimli? Uh, not Gimli. Uh, Winkler. Winkler at the time? No, no. I was uh, 10 when we moved out of Winkler. Okay. Yeah. So we were living. Um, actually, my dad had uh, was running about a half a dozen pig barns at the time. And uh, okay. we did a lot of the uh, needling of the pigs, vaccinating of the pigs. Yeah. We did at one point close to 50,000 a week for wow. eight months, almost weekly. Holy shite. Yep. My Where brother. Where pigs go? Into your belly and. And your belly and his belly and his belly. <laughs> Sorry to sidetrack you. Carry on. Carry on. No, so uh, and uh, so it was my my dad 
and two of my brothers and myself. And uh, at that time, around uh, yeah, 2010, 2011, 2012, there was a lot of what was called a circovirus, which is mm. uh, very similar to like a coronavirus, but then it was in the pigs. Okay. So lots of pigs are dying from it, so then you're vaccinating from it for, for it, and uh, yeah. you know, really helps. But uh, anyway, I was we were homeschooled, so my mom made sure that we all got our twelfth grade education, and uh, after, uh, well, after school hours, I would I would just be forging in the yard. I didn't have a I couldn't forge in the shop because of insurance. Uh, Insurance. I don't. The only reason your parents told you, so he listened. (laughs) No, no, no. Because when the insurance person came, uh, I couldn't get the forge started because he wanted to see how it was running. I couldn't get the forge going. It was raining. It was drizzling. It was like, okay, garbage. You know, you light a piece of paper and like it rains, rains out. So what I did was I got diesel that okay. is in the red. My parents said diesel in the red jerry cans, <laughs> but also gasoline in the red jerry cans. <laughs> anyway, I went in for coffee because I said, oh, you know, I'll get it started. And, you know, so they went in and went to had some coffee and were watching me light the forge in the jerry can. I was pouring jerry. And then I saw them get up out of the table and I was just, I struck the match, the little uh, match. And I <laughs> end of discussion yeah no forge coming in the shop <laughs> so the insurance is not not covering the oh my god uh, <laughs> there i am little 12 year old me thinking i'm like you know, <laughs> so responsible it's like come on the forge won't do anything come on what do you think you know <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> Oh, it's uh, so golden, dude. I saw the guy. He, he pressed his hands and his face against the window of the house, and he was like. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. got the forge lit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it went out. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, so I was forging always outside. Every spare moment I had, even on like you know the most busiest of days, I tried to get the forge running. Like you guys know, what's better therapy than beating some hot steel, right? Yep, definitely. So, especially on a rainy day. Mm. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Come on now, take off, eh? Oh, it's, it you're was crazy. But... You're a hoser. Who, me? So, no, oh, me. Justin. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you, 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 yeah, he's a, you're a hoser too, you hosehead, but whatever. Eh? Uh, you know so, what? But, uh, but, but what got you into I'm out it? Of, I'm out of beer. I'm going to take off for a second. You guys go ahead and chat, okay? Yeah. Okay. See you in a bit, Lyndon. What got me into it? Well, the stories yeah. my parents always told of how they had their shop in the Netherlands. Like I said, I was just a year and a half when we moved. Mm-hmm. So I have absolutely no recollection of their shop. They sold right. pretty much everything that they had uh, when we immigrated. So, um, but yeah, they have a, they have a big, big, thick photo book with tons and tons of photos of work they've done. Oh, nice. I always wanted to get into My mom was a big time knife collector. Mm-hmm. 
So we weren't allowed knives growing up. Um, but anyway, she's got one of my first knives and she was super happy. And all of a sudden I was allowed to make knives. Nice. <laughs> Lots of half and, knives. So I made knives. Yeah. Is it something that you started making right off the bat? Like knives? Yeah. I started with knives right away. Nice. Uh, I had a back injury when I was a little younger than that. So a lot of the heavy lifting didn't work out. So fences and gates was oh, kind of yeah. not really an option. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and you and you think a kid he's he's not going to be interested in making architectural or decorative pieces, but like something something sharp for sure. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. So yeah, that's what got me, in, and then I started uh, forging railroad spikes into all sorts of stuff, and uh, okay. I quickly found out that people were wanting to pay for anything made of railroad spikes. So I made thousands of railroad spike knives and thousands of coat hooks. And, mm. you know, I sold them at little farmer's markets and they initially, or in the long run, they actually just paid for my power hammer. They paid for my welder, my grinder. They paid awesome. for all that stuff. I got down to a point where I had a heavy enough hammer where I could forge out a railroad spike knife in a single heat. Wow. And you, uh, you posted a video about that before, didn't you? I think railroad I? spike knife in one heat. I think you did back in the day. Like okay. three, Maybe four years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, perhaps, possibly. <laughs> well, you use a challenge for you. Yeah, no kidding. Holy. Do it do it by hand. I dare you. <laughs> well, that's what hand. he's saying. No, he didn't. No, was it by hand? Oh, yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, you don't <laughs> need a power pipes. hammer. I forgot. That's right. How tall are you again? 6'4? Just about. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. 6'4 and 280 pounds. It's a Everything yeah. is basically waist up. So, you know, you have a lot of weight behind your, your blows. Yeah. But I, I have like, a power I like hammer also. No, never mind. <laughs> boy, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where were we going with this? I had a, uh, you know, it was um, <laughs> oh, just a little side sidetrack. Uh, I had one time a panic attack, and uh, we thought it was a heart attack, and we had the ambulance come out. And it took four of the guys to lift me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So, do you, do you mind sharing what kind of set the panic attack off? Or I still don't know. It was don't know. The, the, like several days after we were married. Everything was going good. Like it wasn't – I think it was too much change at once. Like right. – uh, we were not we were not owning a place, so we were renting a place. You know, you have this and that, and you have to think about. You know, all of a sudden, you just feel this this big dark curtain of responsibility just fall on you almost instantly. Right, right. So, but keep in mind too. You know, I was nineteen when we were married. Hmm. So, uh. A 19-year-old's brain is not fully developed yet either, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, 
pretty crazy age to get married at and start a family. You had you guys had a child so- shortly after you were married, weren't you? Or didn't you? Sorry. No, I, well, I mean, we had one uh, about a year and a half after we were married. Yeah. So we just had our second a week and a half ago. Yeah, congratulations. Oh, wow. Beautiful, Congrats. beautiful baby. That picture you posted, amazing, dude. And your other child, too. The, uh, the picture you just posted today of him sitting on the anvil. Was that oh, today yeah. that you posted that, was, that picture? Was it yesterday or the day before? Yeah. Okay. Wow, man, you have a beautiful family, dude. <laughs> no, it's... Um... I was gonna, I was gonna insert a joke, but I, I won't. <laughs> well, anyways, so yeah. yeah. So now we have two little kiddos. My wife's doing amazing. Um, she's already running around and doing all the chores around the house. She brought me coffee in the shop this Beautiful. this morning, and she got lunch and supper ready and coffee this afternoon. Guys, wow, I, I, get, I get so big just being here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah. But my, my shop's only eight meters from my house door. So that's all the exercise. How big is that shop? It looks like it's a pretty big shop, dude, like from the pictures I've seen. It's uh, yeah, it's about nine and a half or meters. So what's that? Uh, about 30 by 30 foot. Oh really? So That's it's, it. it's it's a square shop. It's got an upstairs where I keep a lot of s- stuff stored, nice. with like you know two by fours and two by sixes and plywood sheets and all that stuff that takes up room yeah. out of you know your working area. And that way I can just keep tools and you know I have steel stored downstairs though, but I can just keep my tools downstairs and I have you know lots of room. I have it really really ergonomically set up my shop. Nice. You know, I have workbenches on opposite walls, and then I have, uh, you know, clear pathways between everything. So everything is very, very efficient. Was there uh, a reason that you – like, where did you kind of figure that efficiency from? I have bad knees, so less walking the better. Um, and the less, you know, climbing and walking around and bumping into stuff, you know, the better, you know? <laughs> so, um, it's, it's actually, you know, and my parents, they're, they're really big in efficiency, yeah. like huge cool. in it. So everything is running so smooth, like by them. And it's just kind of transferred over to all of us. So efficiency is number, number one. Oh, well. I mean, it makes a, honestly, it makes a huge difference. And I've, I can tell you so much about that from, you know, being in my old shop and being so crammed in there and having to climb over everything in order to get things done, having to move certain things to be able to use certain things. Mm. And now going through the move, I stayed with my mom for a few months there, having the small shop there and kind of having only what I needed in there to do what I was doing when I was there. And it kind of like opened up my mind to this idea of like trying to be a lot more efficient and having like way less stuff in the shop. Like the the least amount I need is the best way to go versus having all this extra stuff that mm. 
you know, bare, like, I don't know, man, I'm even tripping on my lathe right now. Do I, what do I need a lathe for? It's an awesome tool to have for when you need it, but like, what does it get used once a month? Maybe. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Efficiency is definitely a number one thing to look at when you're setting up your shop and making sure that you're going, going at it in a way that everything kind of has like, what what is feng shui right that's the word they Mm. they use in design that's you know if you're going to value village then you gotta make sure you go to the feng shui department (laughs) are they that high end (laughs) i i kind of stopped going i'm done with them their prices are honestly do great uh it's a little bit too high (laughs) three two one I love you. <laughs> nice. Yes. I need a napkin. Um, I want to get into Damascus, you're, guys. You're cute when you have that foam on your chin like that. Oh, God. You might want to wipe it off, eh? Those are his white chin hairs or not. <laughs> Just bug it out. Just getting old. Yeah. Me too, man. I'm getting the grace come starting it for sure. But you oh, want me yeah, to- you're turning 40 now, so take off. that's going to happen. You want Thanks me to blow your mind? Me. My dad oh. is in his 40s. <laughs> no. What? Wow. Yeah, my dad just turned 60-something the other day, so. Shit. Crazy. Wow, dude. <laughs> well, how old are you, though? You're only in your 20s, right? 22. Wow. Wow. What? What? Yeah. What? Your birthday's Monday? That's Valentine's yeah. Day. My wife's birthday's yeah. on Monday. No way. She's also Dude, cute. we've been over this before. You knew this. <laughs> I, I knew know that. this I even. Totally forgot. Yeah. I forgot. So we, we interviewed Yako as one of our kind of test interviews prior to Can Iron. We uh, we sat down with them and kind of sent invites and did like a live interview, so we could practice for can iron, and uh, this discussion happened once already. <laughs> oh wow! But I've got a good reason to forget. <laughs> you're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Anyways, I'm, about her. <laughs> I'm Canadian, eh? <laughs> But uh, Damascus, Damascus. Damascus. Let's mm. get into it. Yeah. I see these knives, Yako, beautiful mosaics, these oh, nice man iron t shirt on the screen. Very nice. <laughs> man iron 2020. And nice uh, seeing, I, I think there was a ladder pattern on one of the knives on your feed. Um, just like so many different ideas what uh what can you give maybe someone who's just wanting to try making their first billet of damascus what kind of like tips can you give like a beginner okay i have a few tips which i wish i learned when i wish i wish i knew when i started learning right and that is start with a thick stack okay like uh, it can be a short stack. Like you don't have to make a big stack big enough for for like a, a sword or anything. But if you cut your, your strips, let's say you had one inch wide strips and, you know, you cut them into one inch long or even one and a half inches long. 
right. uh, and you're forging that by hand, that stack will keep its heat better than a stack of three or four layers of that are you know four inches long. So how so, thick do you want to go? Oh, I like to like do an about inch three thick, inches. Three inches tall. Like three inches thick. Well, that's a question for her, eh? Seven and a half, eight inches tall. Jeez, Your mind's in the gutter. <laughs> Your poor wife. <laughs> oh, dude. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know why she yeah. did it. Let's go back. Anyway, Let's go back. I, I you, you, you got us off traffic. So on occasion, I do a Damascus course here where the guy doesn't want to use the power hammer at all. Right. And then... We forge it by hand, and so there you're they going forge it by hand. inch so wide go, by like an inch long, by about three inches tall. Three and then you tall. have about you know fourteen or sixteen layers to start with, but mm-hmm. that stack will keep its heat so much longer than a right. four a inch long uh, by inch by inch. Mm-hmm. So. Just because you're, you know, you're applying downward pressure and you're just keeping your steel hot as you're forging it. Does that make yeah. sense? I think so. Less contact against the anvil as well to like suck Absolutely. up the heat. And are are you tacking the pieces together when you're making the stack? Tacking is the right word. Yeah. So just on the ends. Just on yeah. the ends. Make welder. Um, take welder. Make welder. Stick welder yeah. works good too. Um. As long as you set your like, if you're if you're running, say I have a MIG welder, I run a Miller uh, to to twelve, and as long as you set your, even though it has an auto set, I like to I like to turn it onto onto manual, and have my voltage low and my mm-hmm. wire feed high. That way, yeah. I don't penetrate the billet at all. Okay, waiting for it. Waiting yeah. for it. Yeah. Get it, get it, get it, get it while you can, eh? And don't use flux. Actually, no, you know what? That's a little bit of a no trick flux. with welding. Um, just in general, like you if you have a machine that has its one, two, three, four settings on it for your wire feed and your uh, voltage settings, mm-hmm. if you set your voltage say at three, set your wire at four, you it, it almost works better, I find, mm. in my in my my personal opinion. I mean, versus the four, like setting them. If you set them um, matching to each other, then you got to weld a lot slower. You do get better pe- penetration and whatnot that way. But I, I, dude, man, I'm all about getting things done, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, you set the welder. Yeah, I was right. making all sorts of faces. <laughs> you set the welder for what it needs to do, right? Right. Well, shit. Yeah. Well, fucking. Buck up, pony. What can I say, man? <laughs> There's always round two, okay? <laughs> I do like the I like the manual set of an auto set. Like I almost never use my auto set of uh, of my welder. So, hmm. um, I mean, it's a nice function, like for beginners and such. But I find you know you'd get a much more precise weld, especially even wel- welding thin pieces if you have it on auto set and you set at like 14 gauge you end up burning through your 14 gauge right Mm. so 
So with your Damascus, you're tacking it all together. Then you throw it in the forge. You get a forge welding heat. You pull it out. Do you do you, do you weld a handle to it or anything like that? I do, I do, and I generally just grab a little. Well, I start with like a four foot piece, a half inch round, and every okay. time you know I cut an inch off after I'm done each billet. So after you know a dozen billets, it's twelve inches shorter. Uh, okay, but I, I just want a little handle on there. Um, and I, since I do most of my work under the power hammer, I just go straight from the forge to the power hammer. And, you know, my anvil is storing my hammer and my tongs and my wire brush and everything. It's really not even being used anymore. Wow. Right, right. Crazy. You got a beautiful anvil, too. What is your anvil again? Oh, no, no. Lyndon, stop it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, enough of that. I, I tell me, so, tell me so, about your anvil, dude. I, I, I have a Söding and Halbach anvil. It's a single horn anvil. It's a German 560 pounds about. It's got an upsetting block on the side, which is not very useful in today's setting anymore, I don't think. But yeah, uh, depends it, what you do, right? How the heck the did you get your hands on a 560 pound? You said no. Mm-hmm. How'd you get your hands on that? It's knowing the right people, kind of. So, like, I brought over a pallet full of anvils last oh. summer and the summer before that. Brought over uh, out from... of Europe. Okay. So different forges out of. Uh, France, Belgium, and the Netherlands and England, and okay. shipped them all to the one location where they went in a sea can and shipped out to Canada here. And actually, wow. they came in a sea can, which was filled with cinnamon and allspice. <laughs> so my shop smelled delicious, unbelievably good for like two months. It smelled so good. Nice. My, my anvil didn't smell like that, dude. No, yeah, because no. Lyndon, you you have an anvil that you received from Yako. Was that from it, that shipment? Yeah, that was from my. But first no cinnamon shipment. smell. Red no, my, no, my first sh- my first shipment <laughs> Red actually Bob. came with a bunch of. Uh, I should have got a discount because there was no smell. Oh, well, yeah. suck it up! I, I got a discount because I'm your friend, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, you got a. Uh, 220, 230 wicked. pound Brooks. Yeah, two, 235. Double yeah, horn. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice one. And that was like, a nice well, handbill. One of my favorites. Yeah. Almost mint condition, I would say, but it looks like it's been repaired, to be honest. Really? So, but no no worries on my end because it looked like whatever repairs have been done on it looked like it was very well done. So. Oh, good. Hmm. Good. Now, I know some of, uh, some of the later Brooks handbills were repaired out of the factory because of casting issues. So that might be, that's what I would assume, especially come coming out of Europe. Dude, if that was the case, then the Sandville's never even seen the face of a hammer before. It has. I don't think it had. I don't think it had. The the edges weren't dressed. No, the horn wasn't. I I dressed the edges because like, holy shit, these are sharp as a razor. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I can, I w- you can see on the face a couple spots. There's a little – you can see like little uh, – like it looks like worms almost. Like you can see the the uh, stacked dime effect from a weld, right? But it's um, like in a like – it'll be like in a little squiggle or like a little curve. And there's right, like, right. I don't know, maybe four or five spots on the face of the envelope. And I'm like, 
Oh, well. <laughs> well, when I got the anvil, it was polished clean. So I wouldn't have been able to see it. Now that you've had no. it for some time, it got kind of a patina on the Rice face. patina. Mm-hmm. And now it'll kind of show up, the two different metals. So, I, Actually, I just got a new swage block in the mail. I picked it up yesterday. Well, not in the mail. shipped here. I picked it up from the shipping place. Um, and when I picked it up, I don't, dude, the guy just honestly shrunk wrap it to a pallet. I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy frick, as if this thing actually even showed up. Wow. Awesome rusty as could be i was a little bit disappointed to see that but whatever it's where'd you was, get that where'd you get that Linden? where'd you get that you can you feature where'd you get that yako you you can walk to the guy's house and pick one up almost pat taylor on in, on facebook five hundred dollars are it's they got, a laser cut no, they're uh, cast. Um, they're ductile iron, so they've got. Okay. Unfortunately, I like. I'm gonna have to go in there with some wheels and stuff like that, and polish up the rounds and fix up the V's and stuff like that. But it's got a so one a- inch hardy on it. It's got a three quarter inch hardy. It's got a bunch of dishes on it. It's got a nice. spoon wedge or a spoon so dish it's a on new it. Casting. It's, it's brand spanking new. Oh, I thought you said it was all rusty. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh. Brand new, and it shows up rusty because it was shipped on a pallet, so it probably got covered oh, in snow or something like that it. at one yeah, point yeah. or something like that. And, oh, whatever. Rest. Oh, exactly. Big deal, right? It, you know what? Like I said, it, it's so it's ductile iron. Ductile iron will have a lot of, and it does, it has a lot of pitting in the face of it from casting. So you have to go in there and polish all that up anyway. So is it pitting or is it like the texture of the sand? That they well, use? yeah, the pitting texture of okay. the sand, whatever you want to call it. Right? What's the weight of it there? Oh, geez. What was it? A hundred and something pounds, maybe. Okay. It's a decent that- little, decent little switch block. What is it? Uh, what was it again? 13 by 13, uh, three and a half inches thick, I think. It's got okay. rounds on it. It's got V's on it. On one side, it's got a big curve. And then on the other side of that, it's got two like medium curves. And then mm. on one face, you've got a bunch of rounds. On the other side of the face, you've got a, a shovel, a spoon, and some more rounds. There's all, And then, like I was saying, there's also a three-quarter and a one-inch hardy on it as well. Nice. So cool. very, very versatile swage block for the price. You can't go wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm happy as could be with it. I mean, the other swage block that I have was like, <laughs> oh man, you I don't, don't want to say. <laughs> I'm gonna cry just saying. It was like it was almost two thousand dollars, dude. But it was a brand it's a new gem, though. Brand new petting house. Ooh. It's yeah. super nice. Two hundred and twenty pounds. Okay. Two hundred and twenty pounds. Fifteen by fifteen. With four the stand, stick. or did you make it? I made the stand. Okay. Yeah. Because hey, I got a, I got a, uh, I got my hands on a uh, seven hundred fifty pound and a nine hundred and fifty pound swage, swage block. block. What oh the? My God. So they're just waiting Fuck. for me to package them up and put them oh. in an envelope with a stamp on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three dollars and fifty cents to Australia. <laughs> Dude, we have all these family in, in Europe, right? I, right. I don't have any family in Canada. 
at all. Okay. So when we buy stamps, we buy like three hundred dollars worth of stamps just to send out birth announcement. Oh wow! <laughs> so that's crazy. immigrating. Email. You could just email it, dude. Hey. It's not the same as holding I a piece know. of paper. Totally. And... I know. You could print this off. No, it's way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. Mail is so much more personable. Like I, I can't remember who I was talking to this about, but just sending a letter to to one of your friends every once in a while. Like if you imagine going to your mailbox and opening up the mail and finding a letter from one of your friends and being like, what the fuck? And you open up and you're just, it's just like, Hey man, how you doing? What, what do you mean? It's my first thought. <laughs> Send me a 900 pound switch block, dude. <laughs> 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 you can you can send me that too. Yeah. Be, uh, obviously, these are keepers, though, eh? No, no, I'll probably sell them. What? What do I need with a huge suede block? I mostly Linden just wants it. Okay, edit all of all of this out, just (laughs) (laughs) you want first dibs. Well, I'm going to be bringing another pallet of anvils over, uh, probably in May or June, and we'll see if we can put those on the separate skid as well. And is that something that you want people connecting with you for? Uh, most of them are sold, so I might not uh, even be posting them just so that people don't feel like they're left out. Too bad, suckers. <laughs> uh, you know, Maritime Knife Supply, Lawrence Lake, he bought yeah. a giant anvil from me. They oh, had, a, nice. I think, an eight or nine inch wide face oh. and probably close to 50 inches long. Oh, so, smokes. Wowzers. Big anvil. Bonkers. Uh, that's bigger than what, she can handle uh, for sure. You said you had gotten an order from him this week or today. <laughs> what did you get from him? So or what did you order? I ordered uh, I ordered uh, ceramic uh, Norton Blaze belts, and then I ordered also some scallop belts, the 240 grit 2x72 scallop belts. And those are the ones I use to basically finish my – handles mm-hmm. up till uh using the uh, orbital sander but uh and then he sent a bunch of stickers and also a ruler yeah but nice. no millimeters on the ruler lawrence i'm sorry but no millimeters <laughs> my dad always <laughs> said when, when someone gives you a horse don't look it in his mouth to see how old it is so i'm going to say thank you lawrence for the amazing ruler even though it's all inches and, uh, and one sixteenths and one thirty seconds, and you know I don't understand all that. So. And we learned a new expression today. Nice. Oh. <laughs> don't look in the horse's mouth. Oh, just to back that up, that's how you can tell the age of the horse. You look in his okay, mouth, okay. And you look at his teeth, and <laughs> a free horse, perfect. <laughs> Thank you, like Maritime it. Knife Supply. Great stuff. Fast shipping too. Yeah. Cool. Very fast. And uh, what are you guys up to this upcoming week? Me? Yeah. I'm you? Not, do you know. guys? Dude. Well, it's, dude. 
No, man. We, we, we didn't talk about the Damascus enough. We need to oh. go back to the Damascus. Oh. Come on. Okay, Damascus. We're, we're only an hour and a half into this, and that's not even like fully recorded. I was like, going to sell you a couple more tips of how to format. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, so, most important, that I could probably tell you, is grab your hammer by the waist of the handle. And not by the end of the handle, not up by the head, but by the waist of the handle. Only grab the handle with your thumb and forefinger. This will keep any and all shock that is transmitted through your hammer. It'll shoot that out the end of the hammer and keep it all out of your arm and your wrists and your shoulders and your neck and everything. So you can forge the whole day long without having any kind of physical harm or damage or headaches. Gloves? No gloves. No gloves. No, no gloves. Uh, Possibly on your what I would call your smart or your managing hand, which is your left hand. Keep in yeah. mind, you want to keep a solid rhythm with your hammering hand so that you don't have to think about that. And all you need to think about is your managing or your smart hand, which is steering the material into whatever position it needs to be on your anvil. And your hammer is just doing the same thing. Um, cool. I've never heard... A smart hand before so yeah it's often your non-dominant hand that's your that is your smart hand so uh you know people who are left-handed they forge uh they forge using their left hand uh, they, they hammer on using their left hand and then in that case their their smart hand or their managing hand would be their right hand hmm. crazy uh, another cool. thing, what's really important when you are forging Damascus by hand, uh, compared to a power hammer. See, a power hammer hits hard enough that it actually adds almost it almost adds uh, so, it adds so much energy to your billet that it heats up the billet every blow. Mm-hmm. So you keep your steel really really hot. Now you can do that by hammering hard and fast, but that's a lot of wear and tear on your body. So uh, keep the piece. Any part that you are not forging, keep that off the anvil. Your anvil will suck heat out of your piece, out of your billet, faster than your uh, than the air surrounding the anvil will. So you want to keep anything that you're not forging off the anvil, so that once you right. get to that, it's still you know piping hot and easy to forge. Good tip. I like that. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you use for drying out if you're on the anvil what's your preferred method do you go half on half off do you go to the horn um for drawing out so if i were to draw out uh, let's say a one inch by one inch wide by two inch long by one inch high piece of steel if i were to draw that out I would to draw that, uh, so I would keep, I would overlay half the end, the half of half inch, so to say, of the end of the uh, billet over the anvil, over the edge of the anvil, mm-hmm. and uh, align the edge of the hammer with the edge of the anvil. So I'm applying force from both sides yep. equally. Because keep in mind, 
Damascus Steel is all about, is really all about, or modern day Damascus Steel is all really about pattern manipulation and pattern control. And if you can control that pattern, you can basically move it however and wherever, and you know, you can do whatever you like to it and you'll get consistency and you'll get the same results over and, you know, over and over again, which is consistency. So uh, keep in mind, you want to forge both sides of the billet exactly the same if that's the look you're going for, if you want to control it. If you wanted to just do it random, you know, just get yeah. Uncle Bob over, feed him a couple beers and give him a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> nice oh, like no, that's, that's a good, good tip for frick knowledge dropped when you're on just the edge of the anvil are you on the near side or the far side of the anvil when you're striking like that so, I usually go far side what do you do side? Yako um, it depends I guess which how you stand at an anvil yeah. I stand I stand with my left foot alongside the left side of my anvil. The horn is pointing away from me. My right leg is against the heel of my anvil. Mm-hmm. So if you were to think of uh, a clock, the horn is pointing at 12 o'clock. Okay, okay. Lyndon? <laughs> using our imaginations right now all right your is your left leg is up against the the heel doing a handstand on my anvil so (laughs) so your your right foot is at six o'clock yeah the horn is pointing pointing at 12 o'clock yeah and your right foot is standing at six o'clock your left foot is standing at nine o'clock and then the next person yes. flicks the little thing it flicks it and then you put left hand blue <laughs> <laughs> anyway so it's blacksmith uh, twist. just your put left- your face in her butt that's what the game's all about <laughs> the left side of the anvil is where i would keep my where i would do most of my forging you're, so, far side. Left, left side. That's a near, near. It's not. It's not near or far side. It's the left side, because the anvil. Oh yeah, okay. no, okay, no. That is. That's more near. Heel. That's more near side. I would say that's near side. Yeah, I guess. I see a lot of people standing where, not... the, where the horn is perpendicular, where the where the, where the length of the anvil is perpendicular to the body. Questions about yeah. this. Write Yako an email or Linden an email, but don't write me an email. No, it. you should. You should. When you stand at your anvil, you should be standing at it so that the horn is pointing away from you, right? Exactly. Yes. Because I mean, just by I, I'm guilty of it. I'm I'm very guilty of it. I'll walk up to my anvil, and it depends on what I'm doing. I'll either walk up to it and have it sideways to me, or I'll walk up to it and have it away from me. But I'm hmm. always going to the heel side of my anvil for sure. Really? Like almost always. Yeah. Because huh. if you are standing any other position, you're bending your back. And you are swinging an unnatural shaped object, unnatural weighted object to your body. You're, sh- you're, you're swinging that and your body's like, eh, I'm going to pain you for this. I'm going to I'm gonna hurt you in your back and hurt you in your shoulder or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you have to stand as 
amazingly natural as possible. And if you needed to move to the horn, all you need to do is bend your knees just a little bit and you move forward. Your whole posture, your shoulders are square, your arms are everything, your your waist, your whole body is perfectly square and all happy. You should you should actually almost be able to lean against your anvil stand to do that. Yeah, so we, we, because we my do, we need I have a long, I have a big anvil, right? So my, <laughs> oh <boy. laughs> my, my leg rests up against the heel of the anvil. It's a single yeah. anvil, so part of it. What do you have for a stand on it? Is it square-based? Is it got it's a, a square triangular? Based. Yes. Yeah. Man, stupid me. I made my anvil stand triangular. or Tapers out. Yeah, tapers out. And I didn't put room for a foothold underneath of it. So when mm. because of that taper, I have to stand that my foot can only oh, go that right. close in. Yeah. And it yeah. literally it cuts out like what is it, three inches, like the taper? At that least is, three inches of that's, that's huge. Hard on the knees. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're it's just, massive. I, I, always, I always find my foot like right up against the stand, like resting it's, crooked it's on not it and shit. It's super extreme though. Like I've seen some online where people are like, hey, check out my new anvil stand. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's a huge up. ass block with an anvil in the center. And like you're going to have to like mm. strain. Yeah. I honestly, I probably do most of my hammering on my striking block anyways oh, really? just because i don't give a f flying f about it it's yeah. got a one inch hardy on it whereas my anvil has a one and a quarter inch hardy mm. and most of my hardy tools are one inch hardy tools right right so yeah. i i use my hardy tools lots dude mm. tons of tons of bottom tools and top tools and spring swages that's what i'm all about man the artistic blacksmithing, though, that's the difference, right? You don't really – you could use – if you're using spring fullers for knife making, I could see that being super useful because then – especially for Damascus making, right? Because then you're getting the both both the top and bottom effect on your fullering, right? The equal the, – like, like you were saying, Yako, the equal effect. What, to like draw stuff out? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh. I'd rather it just works. use like the horn and a, like a cross beam. The thing is then you do yeah. apply more, more uh, pressure or mo you move more material on one side of your billet than on the other side. Yeah. Um, and for some, for a lot of patterns, it doesn't really matter, but patterns like ladder pattern and a lot of mosaic patterns, feather pattern, all those mosaic -y type patterns, it really makes a huge difference. Okay. Yeah. You end so, up distorting them otherwise, right? You know, uh, I know I have a lot of people always or often ask me if I forge my knives. I say that depends. My Damascus steel knives, I forge the Damascus steel, but I don't forge the knife. I cut right. out the knife because I don't want the pattern distortion from forging the knife blade shape profile. Ah, yeah. So otherwise, you know, you just see the, the pattern kind of just splatter out. Smear. And, yeah. Smear out, yeah. There's a smart ass. Which, in a way, at some points, or you can use that to your advantage if you want that look. Totally. There's a smart ass uh, remark you can give people when they ask if it's forged, and you can say to them, well, technically, all steel has been forged because it really has, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The process of making steel is they forge it.
Have you ever been in a steel foundry in a big uh, steel mill? I've never been in one personally, no, but I grew up in Flint Flon and Flint Flon was one of Canada's most major smelting locations for a very long time. The smelting plant has pretty much been closed down at this point and mm. Flint Flon itself has suffered big time because of it. It's sad, but it's the times we live in. It is what it is, but you're, you're close to the, uh, the major smelting plant. What is it in Windsor, Ontario? I believe? Oh, no, we have the big Stelco plant here. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they supply most, or they, they do a lot. The neighbor across the road, he's a, he's a manager there actually. So what is that? In, is that in London then? No, it's actually close to a city called, or a town called Etobicoke. And, that's where it is but it's a it's a big plant and uh my the guy who does my my logos who engraves my logos on my knives he works there too Mm. he relines their forges every three days oh every three days talk about expensive (laughs) wow oh my my friend giant forge giant oh yeah yeah, no, my friend Scott, he's a boiler maker and he was working out at some crazy mining complex of some sort and one of the refinering forges essentially was this, this massive tower and they're mm. inside of there welding in like all these just crazy like they've got this crazy platform inside of there that raises and lowers like 200 feet throughout this tower and they're all over the place with robotic welders on the inside on the outside just in like oh man that world is insane dude the the whole welding world like you get outside of the factories and whatnot and you get into the real world of welding yeah holy crap dude man those guys my i have a friend todd he works for the uh ironworkers union here in manitoba and he's he he's done like the uh museum what is that the human rights museum he worked on that and he was like dude being up at the peak of that and welding that thing's a marvel yeah yeah that's a very cool architectural piece for sure Mm. man and he's been uh the hydro building downtown he was up like what is that like 50 stories up in the sky welding like yeah you 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 don't have a choice but wear wear a harness because you're walking on i-beams that like aren't even connected yet that shit blows me away. I can't, mm. I don't know. That's not my world at all. I want to be in the shop. I want to be warm and cozy. I want to be <laughs> next to a forge. Yeah. You're yeah, the coffee man. maker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. I, well, I've, I've been considering Stacey. getting one for my shop. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Do you have one in your shop, Yako? I don't anymore. Oh. My wife brings me coffees three times was, a day. Oh. That was my joke. I just called for my wife there. My wife will not bring me coffee uh, if I asked her to. Yeah, you're far away. Oh, well, that's even when I was in the old shop, she wouldn't bring me coffee. Well, you know what? what? That's not that. Yeah, dude, this one time she came out there. What? Yeah, tell us. Yeah, dude. Wow. What? That was an experience of a lifetime that I will never forget. Coffee? Uh, there was no and coffee Timbits. involved. There was no coffee or Timbits involved. Oh. Yeah. There was a lot of... <laughs> tea. T. 
tea involved for sure. TT involved. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have breakfast. My wife in the is house. good to me, you man. Made it weird again, Lyndon. She's good to me, man. What can I say? She's a good wife, but she won't awesome. bring me coffee. <laughs> my wife will bring me coffee. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. She'll Your even wife bring me a awesome. sandwich every now and then, too. Dude, what? Yeah, I know. It's awesome. She's yeah, I got, awesome. She's such a great person. I got this My wife game just brought me this huge blueberry out. donut. Oh, yes. I had this huge, huge Nanaimo bar this morning with uh, coffee time that my wife made. Fuck? So good. <laughs> you know Dude. that That bottom section, you know, the good section, that the, yeah, the, the chocolate part. Uh, coconut part that was like 50 yeah. percent thicker than normal so <laughs> i had uh, yesterday to me off she brought me donuts oh unbelievable dude the there's fuck? no way i'm ever gonna get your size linden <laughs> no kidding man well you, you know what the the thing is is you got to do what i do i like work through my coffee breaks i work through my lunch breaks and i'll work like 12 hour days at my day job and then i come home and work till midnight and sleep like four hours and then do it all over again yeah that's that's the key to staying thin wear yourself just wear yourself wear thin. Yourself. <laughs> like that shit on both ends and <laughs> <laughs> throw it in the fire throw it in the fire <laughs> pour yeah, some gasoline on yeah. it <laughs> now we're cooking <laughs> is that what i have to look for forward to in 18 years from now Nah, dude you're you're playing your game right dude i fucking i wasted like 15 years from oh. the age of 18 till at least 25, 20, no, 18 to 25, I was a wreck, dude. Oh. An absolute wreck. And I met my wife during those years of all things. But, like, there's a reason why we didn't get married for, what was it, 10 years, I think, we were together before we decided to get married or something like that. I don't know. But, uh -huh. yeah, there's a good reason why she didn't want to marry. She was probably, like... <laughs> on the verge of leaving me like every day for those, like for a good while there. And then like, I don't know what happened, but I was like, dude, like shape up. And I kind of started, you know what it was is like when I was that age, I, I, I had nothing, dude. There was like no goals, nothing to look forward to. I was just like, whatever, let's just snowboard and drink and party and have a good time. And then, I got into metalworking and I started having goals and I was like, okay, you know what? I need to actually do this tomorrow. I can't drink all night. So I would like start giving up drinking all night. And then I was like, start giving up snowboarding because it's like, I can't even, if I'm, if I'm, if I get hurt, I can't do these things and I don't want to be hurt and not be able to do these things so i started giving like honestly man i'm in a way i'm somewhat dreading going snowboarding this weekend because if i get hurt that's gonna that's gonna fuck with a lot of shit dude and i, I don't want to be down that road again dude i'm tired of being down that road i've been down it way too many times already I, i'm really looking forward to just a, a super chill weekend having a bunch of drinks uh, getting back to the hotel going to the hot tub and way more drinks in the hot tub. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a good 40th actually. 
Uh, yeah, it's not. It won't actually be my fortieth because I'll be back before that to actually Whatever. spend my fortieth with my it's wife. It's a birthday but, weekend. Yeah, it's a celebration. It's a birthday weekend. It's the birthday month. Yeah, I guess. It's I should Valentine's be. Day. Dude, yeah, just just so. Last night, Note I thought that, that my buddies with a bottle of whiskey, like whatever, what is it, whiskey? I don't drink whiskey, so I don't know the shit, but it was like some like Schnorfendorf or something like that that was bottled Canadian Schnorfendorf. You take a Schnorf of this, eh? But it's, it was, uh, no, it was made in Scotland, dude. No, Auchenshawd or something like that. Auchenshawd or something like that. It sounded German. <laughs> no, it sounded German. And my buddy's like, no, dude. Like, oh, that's some Muppets. Okay, Sorry, take off. Eh? But no, I was like, I, I didn't want, like, I was going to buy him a bottle of Glen, uh, Glen, what is it? Glen Vidich. Yeah. Glen Scotch. Scotch. I don't Vittich, know to, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to say it. Sorry. I don't, I don't drink this stuff. I'm sorry. Man. I like Scotch. I, you can probably tell I don't drink it from my voice, right? But so <laughs> I'm like, okay, like I want to buy him something sweet. It's his 40th birthday as well. Hmm. Yeah. Just so a buddy? I, well, we we hang out like almost weekly. Okay. Like every we we usually play cards together once a week. Yeah. So um I'm, I want to I treat him to something nice. And it's like, okay, well, it's, you know, like 80 bottles for this bottle or something like 60 bucks or something like that, whatever. Ooh. And I told him I wasn't going to be coming over because we put our dog down last night. And I was like, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, man. Like this has been a rough day and this and that. And then after we put the dog down and dropped him off at the crematorium and stuff like that, it was like, my wife's like, I, I'm. I, I've got plans. I'm gonna go hang out with mom. We've we've been planning this for a while. We're gonna take the kids out for a movie. The nephews and our daughter and stuff. They all went to a movie together. Nice. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm all alone. It was a little bit like that was that was a rough moment. I didn't think for it was sure. gonna be. I honestly thought that I was. I've I've been through this before. Yeah. I'm gonna do it again like a champ. This is not even oh. my dog. It's my wife's dog. I can do this. Fuck no, dude. I was dramatic as fuck. I was bawling my eyes out. I'm like, no, TV, I love you. Don't. Okay, go. Go to sleep. I love you. But yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moved on past it. And I was like, I got to. I picked up this bottle of whiskey or scotch whiskey. Ooh, scotch, right? Gorf, the Snorfendorf. The Snorfendorf. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, go and hang out with Pete Skeet and he's like, just like pure energy and love, man. And I love that shit. And we stopped, I stopped by there last night. And it was exactly what my soul needed, dude. It brought me right back to fucking playground zero. I was happy again. I was like, I came back, I came home. I was like, just, I slept like an angel last night, man. I don't know. It was just like super, super. Yeah. He's a good dude. Shout out to my buddy Pete Skeet. Good to hear it. Sorry to hear about your dog, though. It's uh, tough. It's part of life, man. You you come, you go, and, you know, our days are only so long, right? There's a great, it's not a story, but, like, uh, maybe a short story about dogs looking at us as, like, these eternal beings that live for so long, and they come in as puppies, and they look up to us, and then they they age up and they're our age and then they're eventually very old. They're like in their seventies or eighties and we're still 
pretty much the same age we were when we got them. And then they pass away. And it's like, I don't know. Dude, uh, you, you, you spoke volumes. My That dog was exactly right from day one, too. Yeah. My other dog, not so much. Probably took him like five years before he was like, wait a minute. You live longer than I do, and you're 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 actually better than me. I'm not, not aging. Yeah, I'm not the alpha here. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Naps. Yeah, good old naps. He's a good boy. He's he's acting weird now, though, dude. Which oh, sucks. for sure. Yeah. Well, just now that you're in a new place, or now that the no, because the other dog passed away. Oh, yeah, yeah that's that's. He's like, wow. you can totally tell. He's like, all like, what the fuck's going on? Like, this oh, is yeah. weird. There's no one here. Wow. Our yeah. dog died like a few months ago, and our dog still like he goes and sniffs the places where the other dog used to be. So there's that's still crazy. there's still little moments of like yeah. uh, he's looking, he's looking for buddy. Damn. Yeah. Suck, I would too, man. though. You know? Oh yeah, I had a yeah. Fight, well, you know. your comprehension levels like. Well, there's... where is he? Is he outside? <laughs> <laughs> Can you let me out? Maybe holy he's out there fuck! Still? Like three nights ago, dude, I came home and I'm like doing shit in the backyard, and it was like late at night, like eleven o'clock at night. And I'm like, I could hear uh, the coyotes howling like crazy, dude. They got in something. Your end? Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, where? Oh, well, the... I'm like right by the perimeter. I'm out of town, pretty much. They were coming well, from the, the perimeter, right there. Yeah, they were coming from the perimeter for sure, and okay. it was like, whole, you could tell they got something, dude. They were having a blast, man. Yeah. And like for a while, I was like, oh, whatever. And then I was like, wait, oh fuck, is my dog outside? And I like <laughs> bolted to the house and checked, and I was like, both the dogs oh, are inside. Shit. I was just like, whew, thank God. Like, yeah, the, the worries you got to have about living in the country, right? Yeah, I'm not really in the country. I'm like borderline, but I went close enough. Winter camping. This was last year, and I was tired. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm done. I'm going to bed. So I tuck into my tent and fall asleep and wake up maybe 40 minutes later, and there were coyotes, and they sounded like they were like around my tent it was crazy Ooh, they were man. so close and i was like my eyes bugged out and i'm like holy crap and i just listened and then my buddies were like back at the warm-up shack that we go to in this in the bush and i'm like you guys hear that and then it was like quiet not a oh, sound nothing that's almost Zip. worse yeah, it was it was super eerie. Like it went from like ten to zero, and my buddies are like, "Yeah, yeah, we heard that." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going back to bed. Super freaky. Yeah. yeah. Well, boys, what do you think? We've been at this long enough. Wrap it up with the sheepskin. Me? Do you do it? All right. Good day. Good day. All right. Oh my god. Who was that? 
<laughs> oh, fuck. I'm fucked with that, dude. <laughs> You're definitely high strung, Lyndon, tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been through things, dude. And I had a, what, a three, three, three drinks in. So. Oh, yeah. What are those? <laughs> truly? No, they're beer. No, I don't know what truly is. So It's not a truly, it's a beer. <laughs> It's, it's truly beer. All right. This is what I've had tonight. I've had another handsome lad. Another one of those again, hey? Yeah, I oh, like Forky. Pig in the hat. It's it's a <laughs> English style ale with tropical teas. And the other one is an Icelandic beer brewed here in Winnipeg called a Holdefolk, which I thought was oh, yeah. sounded like holy fuck. But it's a Holdefolk. <laughs> And uh, 7% alcohol of this guy. I was like, holy crap. Didn't uh-huh. know it when I bought it, but it's got uh, locally forged herbs and ingredients. I was like, all right. There you go. An Icelandic beer brewed in Winnipeg. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was quite nice. It was quite nice. Although you kind of have similar weather in Iceland as, as you have in Winnipeg. so. Although it's very humid in Iceland, so I wouldn't. Uh, I'd no, love to not go comparable, to Iceland. Actually. It looks like just a beautiful place. Uh, actually, in the last year, m- most popular movie I watched was uh, uh, Will Ferrell. And I don't know what her name Elf? is. <laughs> not Elf. Elf. <laughs> That's the only movie I know from him. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. What movie? Will Ferrell movie from this year, uh, Eurovision. Mm, I don't know why. It. No, it's, it came out on Netflix, and it's like eh, it's a, pretty much a cookie cutter film there. But I, I love Will Ferrell. Mm. I think he's good in it. And there's right. music and singing, and it's fun. Mm. You just like him because he's like, isn't he the dude that uh, Jeff Fader said he he looks like? Like Will really Farrell? Doesn't he try to say that he looks like Will Farrell? He's like people get me mistaken with Will Farrell all the time. It's like, sure. I don't know. I, don't know. I haven't heard. Why are that. we talking about that guy? I don't want to talk about that guy. You brought him up. Yeah, that's because I started listening to Knife Talk again. Okay. Well, you, I had to. Maritime Knife Supplies now on their sponsor list, and it's like, well, true, dude, true. Uh, I, you know, just the tip of getting this book. It was cool. Tim, well, they had more. Knife. You guys can see it. No one else oh, that's can. That's a nice book. Hardcover book. It's gorgeous. It's, uh, it goes through like Japanese-style books, uh, Japanese-style knives, yeah. Chinese-style knives, all like kitchen knives, different styles, oh, why they're made that way. And I was like, that's sweet. Well, they had so uh, Dr. Usuba. Yeah, there's a picture. Oh, yeah. cool. No one can see it. So it's only beveled on one side. It's flat on the other. Oh, yeah. I thought I made them all left. I made two of them because I try not to make one at a time because it's kind of like. It's inefficient. It's inefficient. But if, if and, and if I'm doing like a run of knives, you're going to make more than two. But if, if I'm just testing it out, I'll make two, maybe keep one for myself. And, uh, but I thought I made both left-handed and 
I didn't. Phew. Mm. <laughs> Good. Relief. Yeah. Yeah, Asuba. I, or, uh, yeah, my favorite style chef knife would be more along a uh, Santoku style. Something that's mm. about six inches long. Nice yeah, so the Santuco, I think I read, I think it's more of, is that the f kind of like French-inspired knife? Like it's just a sh common chef knife pretty much. Yeah, it's an all-round chef knife or for your three groups I'm of food. Or maybe I'm thinking of Giotto. I was going to say, you guys, are speaking, uh, you guys are speaking French to me, but you're speaking Japanese. Yep. <laughs> Kumai is, uh, wrong, is like a though. copper Damascus. It's got uh, yes. a little copper layer in between the Damascus. Okay, dude, I forgot to bring this up. Or maybe I have. No, I wanted to bring it up with freaking the Forge Side Chat guy. Or, uh, holy cast. fuck. Forge We're cast. The Forge Side Chat guy. <laughs> <laughs> Lyndon, how many Trulies have you had tonight? <laughs> I mean, beers. <laughs> I was going to say, truly, dude, fuck off. <laughs> it's beer. <laughs> no. was, that, was that too harsh? No. <laughs> it's better than a banana creamsicle drink or whatever. <laughs> I almost grabbed another one of those for my third, and I, then I saw these naturals, and I was like, that sounds better. <laughs> I don't know what grapefruit vodka soda. But. Uh, yeah, pretty much, but uh, whatever. Vodka sodas are good. So when I got home, I was like, okay, there's lots of snow in the driveway. Shit, I got to plow. Oh, damn. I don't have beer. Oh, damn. What do I do? This is not a good situation. <laughs> do Shoot. I plow snow or do I get beer? Oh, I live in snow. I need beer. <laughs> Yeah, but I... I, I oh, you to, plowed! I, I couldn't get to my shop. I had to plow. <laughs> I had to park my truck at the front, walk through the freaking, like, whatever, deep snow, and then get the plow. I plowed and I'm getting a drink. So, yeah, I got stuck with that. That is what it is. I don't know. What can you do? Yeah. But, yeah. You got a <laughs> tractor at your place, dude, or...? No. The neighbor comes, cleans up our snow. Oh shit! No, this has been the yeah. most. We, we've had the most snow here since. Well, last year we had hardly anything, but now we've been yeah. getting lots of snow lately. Hammered. Same neighbor, year, man. Neighbor comes and cleans it. So perfect. I don't have to store a tractor. I don't have to store a snowblower. Made him a knife. Have, I'm working on one actually for him. So there you go. I said, "Hey, I'll make you a knife." He said, "No need, no need." You know, he's got this little uh, this uh, side by side. You know what Ooh, that is? Nice. Yeah, so, yeah. My, that's what my dad has too. Oh, those things are expensive, man. Yeah, I know. He had he sold his old one. He was selling it for twenty. I think he ended up having to sell it for less because he wasn't getting any hits on it. And I was like, I so wanted to buy it, but at the same time I was in the middle of buying this new house and I was mm. like, I can't go dropping that much money on something and buy a house at the same time. Oh, damn, that sounded oh, good. Oh yeah. Those trulies don't pop like that. No, I know. You have to give it a little bit. You have to let it sis first. You probably tell that I wasn't even drinking beer, Frick. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself at this point. I'm, all, I'm not. I can't even call me a hoser, eh? No. You're okay. sub hoser. I've been What's worse than that hoser? 
My freaking status has been taken You're away. The tap. You're Can just the knob. Am I even a cap? Am I even Canadian? Oh, I could be a knob. Am I the Isn't polishing a... cloth that polishes the tap? He can be my polishing cloth any day, Yoko. I'm done with that. <laughs> How you doing, eh? If you want to get some great compound, head on over to Maritime Knife Supply. <laughs> Uh, does he have polishing compound? Of course he Probably. does. Probably. Yes. Jeez. He's got everything. No He's kidding. got it all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure yeah, does. Man. Just doesn't have power hammers yet. Oh, yet, eh? Nope. He's got anvils Casey and forges now. Yeah. Episode he has four. anvils too? Yeah, he's selling anvils now too. Yeah, Atlas really? anvils, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. He's carrying there- hammers and stuff from Sean Cunningham. And I mean, Sean has his own line of anvils. So I'm sure there's, mm. I don't know, connections. Yeah, that's there. Western Canada, of course. And Eastern Canada is. Well, is there a market for those, uh, those little Atlas knife anvils? I mm-hmm. mean, isn't part of the anvil the horn? Isn't that why people buy an anvil and don't use like a, a railroad track? No, I think the difference between a railroad track and like an Atlas anvil, you get a lot bigger of a surface area on it than an anvil, uh, railroad track. And a railroad track doesn't have a dedicated flat spot to it unless you get it milled out. Mm. That's that's and and an anvil track also doesn't have the body underneath of it, so you get a crazy ring off of a railroad track compared to an Atlas anvil, like a not the like or a knife maker's anvil or like a Sawyer's block, like a Sawyer's block. Like there was a nice Sawyer's block this week. That Casey posted up. that out, and it was out in Vancouver for was a thousand Casey? bucks, three hundred and something pounds for a thousand bucks, dude, or just over a thousand. I can't remember, yeah. maybe fifteen. That was a good deal. I, I looked at it and I was like, "Yeah, I want that." But yeah. I, <laughs> I essentially, I bought, need to sell way more knives. <laughs> I Is bought there a, a market billet. for them because I have leads on. There is, probably, yeah, probably for sure. hundreds. So totally, there's totally a market for them, dude. People, okay. there, lots of people have frick. Uh, Avery Goltz, I'm pretty sure that's like he his uses that, Sawyer. That's all he uses is his Sawyer anvil. Nice. Because I find from the anvils I bring over, any double horns, they sell right away. Double horns are the side shelf. They're like, you know, they get bid more than what I sell them for. That makes sense. Side shelf and upsetting block, boom. You know, you see just you people flock. But then if you just have like a simple, you know, single horn, just a hardy hole. Yeah. Now, one thing I do like about the German anvils is the hardy hole is up right on the base of the horn. So you have like... Four, oh, five, yeah. six inches of meat underneath that hardy hole. Exactly. Way and more striking capabilities. Oh, than on the heel. Yeah. 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 How many anvils have you seen that have broken heels on them, right? Yeah. Probably, they probably weren't double horns. I saw one this week. Yeah. Someone posted. All the English anvils. anvils. Yeah. Yeah. English anvils are bad for it. The London Pound style doesn't have a lot of beef under it. I don't know why they didn't do that, though. I don't know if why, it was a copyright. Why did they didn't just make it triangular versus uh, convex like that? Oh, I don't know either. 
Like they could have easily made the heel triangular to the body versus convexing it, and it would have given it so much more beef. Mm. I, I've never understood and more weight to the anvil and everything. Like it just, I, I've never Release understood from that. the mold. Mm. I don't know. Well, mo- maybe many of the anvils, of course, were forged. I, I wonder know. if it if a triangular section is harder to forge on than a almost like a, like a half pipe, you know, from a. It's kind of what the shape is, you know, like those uh, those skateboard half that, pipes. That would Whereas be exactly have... what it was because they always forged like the half body first, right? Mm. And that would just come from a square bo- square billet. You'd easily do that. Mm. Versus trying to get that triangular piece, you'd have to start from like, <clears throat> excuse me, you would have to start from like a like a rectangular billet, essentially, almost. And for, for that forging out that triangular piece would be a well, forging out the heel is going to be just as much the convex, right? Yeah, it's true. I'm confused. I don't know. I right, don't know enough right about foot the yellow. But your Brooks, hand, anvil, Brooks anvil I sold you. That's a nice. Yeah. That's a nice cast oh, anvil. Frick yeah! I've got another Brooks anvil that I picked up from somebody locally. That's a it's a fifty one kg hundred pounder. Oh, yeah regular single horn brooks and i've actually i've got it up for sale right now because i'm like oh how much 500 bucks that's not mm. bad it's in good condition very good condition yeah, yeah it's not in mint condition that's, but that's good that is a good price it wouldn't it's not good enough for me because i yeah exactly I one, yeah i have one anvil and i I can't afford not. I can afford. I can afford to pay for one. I can't afford to store an extra anvil, as it were. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It just would compensate the efficiency of my shop, and it wouldn't make sense. Useless overhead. That's like essentially when, that. What I'm looking at right now, I've got like four anvils sitting on the floor that I'm not using. Like what the fuck? Mm. Yeah. Liquidate and put that money into something that makes sense. Mm. I I I I know a few right. guys that are into the anvil collecting and vice collecting. Like, there's a few guys like Blacksmith Tools. He's on Instagram. His collection yeah. of anvils and blacksmithing tools is insane, dude. Mexa Shop is another one. He uh, he's an uh, vice collector. Jeff uh, Zaccarini. He's another uh, vice collector. Like these guys have huge collections of of tools, and I'm just like. I kind of I, at one point I really wanted to do that too. I was like, it's so cool to have all these different vices and anvils, and then they're just sitting on the shelf, and I'm like, I need the space. Level I up to, your skills. I want to dude. work. Level yeah. up your skills. Level as you level up your skills, you'll level up your tools. Until then, you know what show. will be a game changer for you, Lyndon? It would be a power hammer. Yeah, I know it will be, dude. They are because not very expensive. No, Mine well, paid for itself in four months. I'm just saying. So wow. Yeah, well, with what you do for sure. My everything I do is a hobby, though. I'm not making. I'm not doing this to make money right now. You, you, you need to. You need to kind of rethink that, though. Well, I can't. Because the world. I'm in. A, I'm in, I'm in a situation right money. now. Well, yeah. This. Oh, okay. Well, he just bought a house. When when I bought my house. We were broke for like three years. It's not even about it, that, dude. It has nothing to do with being broke. If I wanted to, 
I've I I could do it. I could go buy a power hammer tomorrow if I wanted to. Right now, mm. I could do it like this, right on the spot. I've got enough money do in my bank it, account. Do it, do, do it, it. Do it. <laughs> no, no. I I I. Well, number one, I I, I like having the cushion. I'm oh, yeah, very sure. like I've been I've been through enough things in life before where it's like holy shit. I yeah. really wish I would have saved some money for this because now I'm fucked. But um, like I said, I've got the two tire hammers on the go right now. I'm going to build two tire hammers. One will be dedicated fullering dies on it. The other one will be dedicated flat dies that I can run spring swages under. And that's all I need as far as I'm concerned for what I do. Or build both and sell one so that you can recoup. Well, I wanted to do that tire hammer class here this summer. I was actually con- contemplating trying to get it running this summer. And then just mm-hmm. like with That's the move and everything, headache. well, just with oh. the move and everything, like I've totally lost grasp of like connecting with the right people and trying to get yeah. them here on time and stuff like that. And I've just like, you know what? Maybe this isn't going to work out right now. Maybe like, I, I, I mean, we're in a transition right now with the blacksmithing guild. Um, you know, I've kind of decided to relieve myself of being president where that's going to take me and where that's going to take you and the guild um, going forward is to be found out soon. We're going to do our AGM this weekend. And well, as you're probably downloading and listening to this episode, we'll be doing our AGM to be honest and we're going to discuss the uh, the future endeavors of the blacksmithing guild, and that honestly ties in a lot to what I was doing with the tire hammer class, and you know, possibly bringing in other people here for demoing. Like we were looking at bringing in Darcy Quap for mm-hmm. a Pipoc class, and I still want to see stuff like that go forward. But it's just like this whole moving process, and I'm just like. I, I don't know how to explain it, man. Like, it, it's, it bugs me so much that I feel like I've got too much on my plate because I feel like I don't at the same time. But it's like I've faced, um, like, mental overload before and the, de- the depression that comes from it. And I realize that's what's happening again. And I'm yeah. like, avoid this, dude. With all, if with all due cost, avoid this. Don't let For it happen. Sure. So For sure. that's essentially where that all comes from. And you know what? But honestly, I think that's you, not disappearing though, right? Like the yeah. position, like, or the, the, the guild. guild's not, yeah, no. the guild's not so, disappearing. Like, it's still there. If you need and, to step back for a year, for two years and come back in at some point where well, I'll still be life there. is a better situation than like you're 40. Whoop you do. You'd probably die at like a hundred. Probably not. Not okay. with the things, stupid things I've done. Be lucky if I make it to 60. Snow, be careful snowboarding this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. No handrails and stuff this time. I might just like try to avoid the terrain they park have, altogether. They've got they have good set terrain set parks. Set up, yeah. at I don't know what this year, but normally they have pretty decent terrain parks at Mississippi, man. It's one of my, used to be my favorite thing about going to Mississippi was the terrain parks. Because like in Manitoba growing up, 
snowboarding here, we don't have the the big mountains. We don't get powder days ever. Like Linden has four snowboards behind him on the wall, and then if you exit the room that he's in, there's another what five against the wall. Yeah, and there's a couple in the closet next to me too. Yeah. Yeah, I would honestly snowboarding was supposed to be my life, dude. Man, before yeah. I met my wife, I had full intentions of just moving to BC and snowboarding. And I wanted, like, I took welding. I was like thinking to myself, like, you know, maybe I can get a job at one of the ski resorts. And I actually had one lined up to move uh, to one of the ski resorts and be a welder and mechanical maintenance guy. And I actually backed out of it because I met my wife. Yeah, I could could have been doing that shit. And do I regret it in ways? Yes. In ways I'm like extremely happy that I didn't do it because I look at like what that life probably would have entailed versus what this life entails. And I'm like pretty damn happy with what I've got and where I'm at now. And I'm like, starting to push myself towards being like my own boss maybe one day mm-hmm. and that's like to dude that whole th- that whole thing of being your own boss you know like i li- listen to brian house um on his podcast yeah. work for it and dude it's just it's amazing it's absolutely amazing to hear his story and how he's fucking working for it baby it's amazing it actually really is like he yeah. He is a huge driving force behind my motivation for sure. Big time. Big time. Yeah, shout out to Brian. He's a good dude. You can't get better than him. (laughs) (laughs) So Lyndon just teared up a little bit. Uh, It's the second time during the show, and that's all right. It happens pretty often. (laughs) He's a passionate guy. Holy crap. You know, being your own boss isn't isn't always the top. Because you don't have a boss to push you. No. Keep, right? And no, then, it takes a lot of self-discipline. It does. You and know, I I've think, been my own boss now a year. Yeah. Um, prior to this, I worked. You know, just only like just eight hours on the farm, seven hours on the farm, and you know the other six hours I'd be in the shop here. But you know, being your own boss isn't isn't the end all be all. You know, you you literally have to act like a boss to yourself. You know, you have to push yourself. You have to kick yourself. You have to look over I bet yourself. You, those hours in the field probably gave you like the sense of endurance though to just no it's not done i just need to keep going no it's not done i have to keep going endlessly day after day probably programmed you in a way to be able to do it like on your own to be your own boss most of what i did was i worked in, in in the barn in the pig barn and i was the maintenance guy in this pig barn I kid you not, each day I'd walk, I'm not a word of a lie, between 15 and 20,000 meters. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot of walking. (laughs) That was 15, 20 kilometers. Yeah, yeah. In in one single burn. Like, it was a huge burn. But 
Uh, and I, I basically ran, ran the place as it were. Um, because you're kind of self-employed. Yeah. Almost interesting conversation with, uh, what's, what's his name again from, uh, black dragon forge. Niels Vandenberg. Yes. Me and Niels Vandenberg were chatting a little bit, uh, private messaging each other there because, uh, he had posted something about motivation or whatever. So I messaged him and next thing you know, we're, we're going back and forth with each other or whatever. But one of the things he said to me during that conversation was, it's not motivation that you have to worry about. It's self-discipline. Show up, showing up every day. I was, I'm actually listening to, let me look at it. Just give me one moment. The practice by Seth Godin right now. It's short. I listened to it on Monday and I was going to listen to it again, but my headphones died. It's, there's a, a section in there and it talks about just, you're an artist, right? You're an artist and you're waiting for your inspiration and that's bullshit. You need to just show up and you get that sense of flow at some point as you're working mm. through the day and you make your own damn inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the words he's used, he used in the book, but that's, but that's it, man. My for interpretation sure. of that's, it. That's that's like get, get fire up the forge and just go for it. And that first hour might suck, but that second hour might suck too. But at the third hour, all of a sudden you're gonna get a freaking coffee kicks in. The coffee kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right, guys. It's caffeine. One so of like, at some point things. you're gonna you're going to get an Go idea ahead. or something is going to click finally and you're going to, or you'll just hit a, a, a state of flow and you're going to just power through, but something positive can come out of it. But if you don't, it's, it's not, if you don't do it, you got to push. Sure. What were you going to say, Yako? Oh, I, I find it incredibly important when you go to, uh, uh, when you want to work the next day, you need to know today what you're going to do tomorrow. Otherwise, yeah, you will having not, a plan. Otherwise, you will not be able to get anything done. That's another actually huge tip of motivation that I took from somebody was don't necessarily f- bring yourself to a finishing point when you're in your shop every night. You know what I mean? Leave Leave yourself something so that when you come in there the next day, you know exactly what needs to get done and you have a starting point. Mm. It's not even a it, like that that goes beyond having a plan for the next day. You're not even you don't even have a plan. You're purposely putting a plan in place without even having to think about it by, by doing not that, finishing right? your work. Mm. Yeah. It, it's it's an interesting I, concept. But at the same time, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I did that, right? Because mm. I just want to finish my work. I have a, yep. that's my worst habit. I can't sleep when I've got a project that's going to, and it needs to get done. I can't fucking sleep. Yeah. It drives me nuts. It's hard. It's hard. You know, I've been dreaming about this project I'm working on. And it's, it's hard. You have to physically empty your brain. You can't sleep. Otherwise, you know, yeah, there's another thing too, when it comes to the idea of, not necessarily, you know, you're trying to find motivation or whatever. And it's like, well, is it motivation that you need so that you can create this like special thing or whatever? Because 
maybe it's not necessarily that you're waiting for motivation. You're just being a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> like pick up your pants, get in the shop and clean stuff up, mm. organize, get get things done. Because it doesn't matter if you're not motivated to make this like art piece or whatever. Clean up your shop. Do mm. things, you know, whatever it is that needs to be done. Maybe there's this new stand that needs to be made. That's It's not artistic. That doesn't require motivation. But mm. you're getting something done and just said, instead of just sitting there being like, oh, I don't have motivation today, so I'm going to do nothing. Get Pick up your pants and get shit done, dude. Every mm. day. Work for it, baby. Mm. 80 hours a week. Yeah, man. That's oh, oh, ouch. That's Brian House, man. Like honestly, like yeah. I was saying, his his motivation is huge to me when it comes to that stuff. I, I love listening to him and watching what he's done with his company. He started, like, if I'm not mistaken, he started three years ago with his grinder company. Mm. And honestly, he's probably one of the biggest grinder companies out there when it comes to his two by seventy two. So, how was that? You all good? <laughs> did did she give it to you or? <laughs> you talking to me? No. Yeah. yeah. Are you talking Maybe. to me? Are you talking Whoa. to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger in the role now. Are you dying to me? Oh, that was oh, a little bit more. That was like, a little bit too our, um, drunk, Arnie. <laughs> drunk Arnie. I was thinking more. Uh, Hex's name, Rocky. Rocky. Yeah, Rocky Balboa. After he's been punched in the face twenty times, right? Are you dying to me? <laughs> Sylvester Man. Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. There's a cool story. Do you know about Sylvester Stallone? No, I don't. Rocky. So Sylvester Stallone actually wrote the film Rocky. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Right. And he wrote it himself. And then he went from studio to studio pitching it. But he would only accept a studio if he would be the main actor in the film. Hmm. So I don't know how many actually accepted it, but... um, and then said, no, you can't be the actor. But he just kept pushing and pushing till. And like you think just writing a, f- a story is is monstrous. Yeah. Especially like Rocky's. Rocky's a great film. It is. I'm, it is. I'm, if you sit down and watch it again, like it still holds up. Like it's a it's oh, a totally. good film. There's a part of me though that like as a dungeon like D D guy. Yeah. Oh, I play D D every other week. Do you have you ever dungeon mastered though? I have, but following a guide. Yeah, see, I used to dungeon master like all the time. I was like the DM when it came to you'd be really good at it actually. <laughs> and yeah, man, like I like I look at like storytelling in movies and like so many times I'm like, dude, this is lame as fuck. Oh, there's lots of shit movies out there. You're yeah. right. Hey, okay. I got to ask you a question. Vox Ax- Machina. Axe yeah. and Iron Podcast. They yeah. were talking about something on their, they had Matt Stagmer on their episode 
uh, for Christmas. It wasn't their last episode. It was their second last episode that I was listening to. And they're talking about something that's like burned in your memory that is like fucked. And they were talking the, um, uh, the axe dude. I can't remember his name. He was like talking about how there was like a dead body situation and they were driving by and he saw the guy that had died lying on the ground and his like skull had broken open and like brains and everything were all over the road. It was pretty much empty cavity that he saw. And it was like, that's, that's just burned in your fucking memory for life. Oh, okay, right. Okay. Right. Like that. You can't fucking not forget that see shit. It. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had anything like that happen to you in your life? We can't unsee it. Yeah. That's like fucked like that. Like off, there's there's good Nothing thing really like, springs to mind. Like like a good thing that springs to my mind is the birth of my child, right? Yeah. I watched that happen. I watched a C-section happen, dude. Like fully. The doctor was like, Are you sure? I was like, Yeah, I'm sure. I want to watch this shit. Like in a weird way, I guess, maybe. But I was like, I, Well, you, you can't to- un- you can't unsee that, dude, right? She has to live through it, so you might as well stay there and like live through it with her. Yeah, but usually they make you stay behind a screen and not being able to see like the actual surgery portion of it. Go, Stacy. Go, Stacy. Well, no, I was sitting there with her by her head, <laughs> holding her, her, and she's like all in pain and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> can I look? And they're like, are you sure? I don't think you want to see this. So I was like, no, it's all good. And I looked and I was like, whoa. And I watched our baby come out of it. And I was just like, oh, that was crazy. the most amazing thing ever. Holy fuck. And that's that's etched in my memory forever, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's that's a wonderful thing, right? What Do you have a, a horrible thing that's etched in your mind? As much as I don't want to know, oh. but I like weirdly yeah, want to you know. Yeah, you know what? One that – okay, I'll share it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cry on the podcast. Shit, dude. <laughs> Did I do that? I'm sorry. So um, the one that hits me is – probably the one that's most shocking for me anyway um i had a younger brother who's a foster brother he's a native kid his name was michael michael j fox actually which is like oh crazy oh it's thought was kind of funny and uh he i called my mom we were living in richard they were like between st Anne richard and st genevieve Be- beautiful area there and uh, so, like, 10 minutes away, and we would take my brother for foster, like, uh, respite. Right. So, he'd come over every, I don't know, every three weekends or something. And he's just like, you know, chips, popcorn, video games. Let's just have a video game party. Like, this is the weekend. We would just, like, chill out doing that. And uh, so, I called my mom one day. And... Uh, yeah, no, I can't say it. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I did not mean to go there with you, dude. I'm sorry. Damn. Okay. Never mind. Forget about it. Don't even no. don't. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah, for sure. Damn, you're making me cry, bro. Shit. Where's my Kleenex? No kidding, eh? Damn, why did I do that? You asked. <laughs> but that's one that like shit yeah my mom fi- found him 
while I was on the phone. I'm sorry, man. Fuck. I drove there fast. <laughs> Fucking sorry, dude. Say that, Damn. Shit. Got too deep. That's right. <laughs> I was grabbing uh, a random one. <laughs> Sounded random. like a good idea for a segment. <laughs> what, was, what was I thinking? <laughs> Deeper. Oops. Do Oops. I even want to ask Yako? <laughs> You're, are you, I'll light, I can lighten it up if you want. A good one. Yeah, give okay. us something that's not going to make us cry, maybe. I'm sorry, Justin. So, I really am, okay. dude. So, as you know, uh, I've hugs. always been a big, big boy. <laughs> always. I, I, I pretty much only remember myself being over six foot. I've been six over six foot since I was 12 or 11. Wow. I was already over six foot. Then I was around 200 pounds. Um, so I was the biggest, strongest kid, you know, anywhere. If you want to feel small, move a bull around. So we had this bull that, we, that I had to load up on a trailer. A bull? 20, yeah, a bull, like a big a cow <laughs> bull thing, you know, <laughs> situation. I'm already smiling. 2,300 3, pounds. 2,300 pounds. 2,300 pounds on the scale. It wouldn't budge. It wouldn't budge. And when you... Are you when talking you, about your dog's dink? <laughs> he totally did. Sorry, Yako. Oh, oh, there comes the whole family. Uh, we get a family activity. Anyway, sorry. I should uh, be more... Uh, uh, script <laughs> so Lyndon's in the background with his daughter and he just kicked her out <laughs> sorry did you talk <laughs> did you touch your dog's wiener <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> Is that not what you said before you hit mute? I just, <laughs> I just put my headphones on, but I'm not sure if that's what I heard. I was talking about the bull. <laughs> I thought that was the grotesque story. Oh, no. I was loading a bull and I touched his cock. Oh, no. I've helped. I, I've helped. I mean, I've touched my dog's cock before. It happens. You're giving him a belly rub. You touch his dick. It happens. Come on. I tried you get to milk your cow, you but I couldn't get anything. And you're like, "Oh, really? If I touch it, it gets hard." So you touch it some more to see if it happens. No, I'm. Well, I'll tell yeah. you. In the farming world, sometimes the tool goes into the wrong slot, so you have to <laughs> pull it out and guide it in the right slot. So. Anyway. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Farmer's seen it all, man. This was oh. your job? No, well, n not not always. I've done it numerous <laughs> times so far. <laughs> oh, my God. And if, you, 
I don't know if you just once in a while. <laughs> okay, so you know, I grew up. I grew up in the pigs, of course. So if you ever see, at least a, it was a horse cock you had to play a, with. A, well, both. Wait, how big is a, how, how big is a pig cock? A no, 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 no. <laughs> so a, a boar looks like a boar's tool looks like a uh, corkscrew. A corkscrew, yeah, literally what? Like a corkscrew. That's I didn't. Weird. I didn't know that shit. And it's about seven or eight inches long and about a quarter inch thick. That's corkscrew. Hi guys, welcome to Dick Talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to get to the traumatic moment. <laughs> Tell me more in your ASMR voice. <laughs> but anyway, we were loading the bull and he wouldn't budge. And the thing would, you know, spin around on, on a dime and would like, you know, bulls are dangerous. Pin you against the wall, you're dead right away. Shut yeah. the gate, six foot gate. He leaped over it wow. as if it was nothing. Didn't even touch the gate. Holy shit! And it didn't. Crazy. It didn't cause the ground to shake. He was twenty three hundred pounds, and you know normally you feel like thud, and he landed so soft. It's unbelievable. It's a ballet bull. But then you Whoa. then you think you think to yourself the power that that thing has to clear yeah. a six foot gate. And he, sure. Anyway, that was just bringing it back. But a, you know, bulls uh, a bull's tool is about two to two <laughs> two and a half inches by. At least this. <laughs> oh, for two. At least, at least this. He holds up his arm. Yeah. It's like this big. If you, if you artificially inseminate a cow, you go in there with your fist and all the way into the butt, to your shoulder. No word of a lie. Wiggle your fingers. <laughs> exactly. Have you ever seen the video where no, they're like, no, no, I think no. we can do it better than no. that? and it's what's what's the guy's name again i can't remember what his name is but yeah and it's that's world you star a, you might need to clean up a bunch of this podcast i think probably <laughs> so, so you're 12 i'm what? sorry you're 12 when you're doing this oh yeah. i've done this started I off i was 12 like no, six or kind yeah. of heavy i mean <laughs> I've castrated pigs since I was seven. I don't oh, ever. I think I, I missed it when I, I went to the washroom. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I've been no up till uh, up till last last year. I've been doing it pretty much my whole life. So <laughs> it's all good. Well, your your story you your story somewhat disappoints me on the on the grotesque side of things, Ariako. I mean, oh, what's your I just, story, Lyndon? Uh, dude, I don't even know if you guys want to hear it now because, I mean, you went to a spot that made us cry. Yako went to a spot that made <laughs> us laugh. I'm going to go to a spot that's going to make us fucking puke Scared. our fucking guts out and make us be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, maybe we should just end it like that because that's a good <laughs> <way to> cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> so my story goes. Wait, wait, wait. We could no, no. Just go ahead. That's where I was going to stop it. Okay. <laughs> oh, when we I can was, start a Patreon, I, it'll I just do be have a grotesque stories. moment. But I'm well. I'm sure you do. You were a fucking farmer, dude. Oh yeah. Or you are. Grotesque moments are daily life on hey, the farm. Want a quick? Want a quick? Okay. 
We had a, a, a far, farm hand. A boar bit him in the nuts. Oh, oh damn. Rip, not, rip the tissue. <laughs> no. I've seen someone's head after they got kicked by a horse before. Oh. Yuck. <laughs> my father-in-law got That wasn't my grotesque moment. By a, a cow. Damn. Yeah, split his lip open, broke his jaw, I think. Yeah. Okay, so my grotesque story, dude. Okay, so when I was... Yeah.